Um, in fact, I want to talk about our wonderful surprise that we have. So we're being joined right now by two comic bloggers. Joining us via Skype, we have Eric Shea and we have Jim Werner, whose fan site focuses on DC Comics called Weird Science Comics Blogs.blogspot.com. People of Earth, how are you? Hey baby, wake up from your sleep. We have arrived onto the future and the whole world is become. Hello and welcome to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this, my super friends, is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 385. 385. Am I a super friend, Eric? Am I yeah, one of your super yeah, buddies? Yeah. Am I? Uh, it, with that, we're one step closer to that ending episode, which we talked about, right? Wink, wink, Aaron. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show. 385. Holy moly. I never thought we'd make it, Eric. Oh, my goodness. All I don't think thought about it. 370 weeks ago, whatever the heck it is right now, when we decided that we were going to start this all up, who would have thunk it? But here we are. Welcome, everybody. We have bunch of books here tonight that you will be able to listen to and get a little bit of an idea what we think about them though everybody has their own opinion we're not going to tell you what to think or not to think even though i ended up getting yelled at all week by people as usual and anytime all the yelling and you were doing none of it at all no i i ended up where people are mad because of mary marvel and oh my god the shazam 24 hours then they're going oh they're just freaking out about that one they also end up tying that into every other thing that they want to hate on i and also then, saw a lot of positive stuff about well, the mary marvel was, book but most of the positives kind of are just as annoying too because like thank god we haven't had a shazam book in 10 years i'm like nobody knows and the idea that some people are like that's why shazam ends up failing no it, it fails because nobody buys it so hopefully people will buy this mary marvel i just kept telling people that I hope that this will resolve some of these problems that we have with Shazam and the powers and all that going from Infinite I just Frontier. don't think it will because even talking to people on Twitter about this, like, you know, the idea that there's going to be some aspects of the Shazam movie universe and pre-crisis stuff with C.C. Beck stuff and even some New 52 stuff. It just seems, again, yeah, like, that's you know, everything like the matters. Hyper Time 7, you know, issue minis where it is just a cherry picking of ideas to try to continue on, which I hopefully will continue on. I don't know. The off. one description that I saw really spelled out that with the problems with the power of Shazam right now, Mary Marvel has to make the decision if she wants to be the champion and that kind of well, because Billy's done. Like, well, that's what I'm saying, but that also feels like the idea that the power isn't there and somebody's going to have to pick it up from what we saw before. It's almost I think like what we had pre-Flashpoint, though, where, right? you know, where Billy Batson became the pretty much the wizard, the guardian of the Rock of Eternity, and, you know, Captain Marvel Jr. became the champion. Well, and again, that's what it seems like with this whole deal, that that might be the case if they do reference the idea 
the wizard's dead got killed by dark side so maybe that will be the case it just that'd seems be, like it's going to be, be cool. a more kid-friendly kind of book especially with hoppy the, the marble bunny being the one to be the message maker to mary from billy to give her the power of shazam Again, once we'll and for see, all though i don't mind if it's all all ages means maybe somebody will buy it these the, the shazam books don't sell and that's the biggest problem this latest shazam fiasco by tim sheridan that didn't sell worth a crap and eventually they're just going to put the character away. So this is, you know, another chance for at least to see that people are interested in the Shazam family. You can't least. keep so the mightiest mortal I down. I go with that. Well, he'll just end up in other books like, you know, he usually is anyway. But you also say that about Firestorm, and we see tons of him, right? But, yeah, I also he got... He shows up in backgrounds of panels sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what he's good. <laughs> he's he shows always around up there. Anytime they're like, every former Justice League well, show the up, he's is, there in the background. I don't understand where we are in an infinite frontier kind of world post-death metal because what we had coming out of Doomsday Clock whether you say it's in continuity or not. Yeah, Jeff Johns kind of ruined Firestorm with, you know, making yeah, uh, Professor Stein the but bad we've guy. we've seen him since. And, he was and, helping know, clean up things. Sense. He seemed okay. And the series before that one where we had Firestorm, Jason Rush was no longer going to be able to be the, in the Firestorm Matrix and combine to be Firestorm anymore. So we've taken everybody out of the equation except for Ronnie Raymond. Exactly. Ronnie Raymond. Oh, my goodness, Eric. Oh, we're talking to nobody. But you end up with all of this news comes out. So... I ended up, and some people were confused. They haven't been reading DC, and oh my god, what's going on? This Infinite Frontier, what's up with Shazam, all that. So I'm telling some people. What is enough? At one, really. I said, I, I just want more of a guideline to what is the continuity, what is coming up. And so I started talking to some people, and legitimately, at one point, I was arguing with one person that said that me and you are too negative. Agreed. As well as another person that was saying we're too positive at, at oh, the same exact God. time. I'm like, I, I don't get it. I, it. It always is that cherry picking, as you're saying, the cherry picking of what these people like. If we like something that they think, like just say we ended up saying that John being Superman. Well, we'll see what that goes. And that's yeah. OK. They're mad. We're too positive. We, we should be railing at them. But then if we don't like to, uh, it's just it is confusing. But that's why I wanted to mention everybody has their own opinion, not just me and you. And a lot of times me and you end up arguing about the things as the well. The thing is, I, even I said on Twitter, though, I am all about the idea of another four issue mini of the Shazam family featuring Mary Marvel as the main champion, because where we left off. I need to know where things go and what the status quo of the Marvel family is because it looks like Freddy's going to die. Billy's going to go and protect freaking hell from escaping the Rock of Eternity or whatever, the Four Horsemen. And we're just going to be left with Mary Marvel. And what does that mean? Where's Pedro? Where's Eugene? Exactly. Where's Darla? And, and then there's some people. Mr. Tawny the Tiger doing yeah. shit. I saw people then arguing about that, that they don't want that. But as I think with Freddy, as Curtis Mayfield sang back in the day, Freddy's dead. Eric, oh. I, I think that that's what's happening, but I don't think not, so. Not Lisa I mean, Zane that from Freddy's deal. Dead, The Final Nightmare at the end where she no, says Freddy's dead? No, no, no. I'm going with Freddy's dead, Curtis Mayfield. So, yeah, I have an entire have movie on my side. You have all this going on. I have on. Pop doing a song called Freddy's Dead. Hey, that is actually from a movie as well. Uh, I believe it might have been from Shaft, uh, but I, I, everything swirls Iggy together. Pop. But with that, Iggy Pop, I think that was probably a remake. Uh but yeah, you have all this going on and everybody the, the problem is, is when you try to talk to people or try to guide them or argue with them, whatever it is, you don't know what's going on in the grand scope of things. So it's hard. But I kept saying to people, like trying to be positive of maybe this will give us that idea, like you said, of what's happening with the Shazam family. So don't get too upset about that. But then 
you end up seeing some people's true colors. Then they start railing against everything that has happened. And then, I don't know, people just are haters. And then they go, I haven't read a DC book for 20 years. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, I ended up getting in a fight with this one guy who was commenting on a picture from a Wolverine book from 12 years ago that was an alternate universe saying that it was ridiculous and that's not, not my, my Wolverine. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then the guy... All of a sudden, he's a picture of a Wolverine. It's an age of apocalypse, not on my watch. <laughs> then the, the guy ended up saying he's allowed to be upset about anything he wants. I'm like, yes, you, you can. You're you're on the front lines, buddy. You're a freedom fighter. And then he goes, you're muted. I'm like, really? Muted? You're an I asshole. Mean, you're, you're that... Well, I did. I did. I think I called him an asshat. But still, he's like, you're muted. I'm like, you really, you couldn't go the extra step and just block me? I mean, seriously, but here we are. <laughs> and really, what's you the difference? Get involved in that, I go, I, I end up like, but he's muting I've me as if it. I ever talked to him before and I really didn't want to anyway. He, he ends up in his, in his profile says he draws boobs. That's what it said. I'm like, all right. Well, that's pretty cool to me. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, with all of that, go over to Twitter at, Weird Science DC, I think it is, where you can get involved in all the fights, I, I would believe. Also go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where you can get written reviews for most of the books that come out each and every week from DC. And then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can help us support for this nonsense, whatever I'm saying, Eric. But also get cool. a ton of shows in return, and one of them being... The weekly spotlight, two books picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh. And this week it was right. Titans United number three and Justice League Last Ride number seven. Hyper time stories. About those, all those seven issue minis. I got no time Eric for the hyper time, Jim. Is the hyper times? I, I mean, really, I don't Talk either. Act. Oh my goodness! But here is where we give the shout out. It's off the rails, Eric. We're giving the shout out here to the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh, here they go. You ready, Aaron? I've been ready. You ready for a whole night of this nonsense? Sorry. Why? Ted Probes. I love Punchline because I'm all fired up. Oh. I love Punchline. Michael S. Boris Polly, Cam, Joseph Watch, Sick Matt, Razor, Demon 3000, Lady Abby, Matches Balone, Niels T. Ward, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to me and you, Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Iraqi, check out his YouTube deal and a little shout out to him, a little personal shout out there. Cell right. Dweller, Mark Jaeger, Alfie Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Man Shoop, Andrew and Belfast, he came down with the vid, Eric. Oh, no. but he's he's feeling okay. He's kicked vid of the bird. He, he's he's feeling okay. Swanee, Anthony G. Josh Vermillion, Anthony G, you have here, then I said him, I'm, I'm having problems, Eric. Dalton Needham, my man, be from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, I'm our man, Rob Lewis, Beamer, that's Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo, and double A-Run, Minnesota. Your robot's malfunctioning. Minnesota, I cannot compute, why did you program me to fuck up the roll call? I don't know that's why I programmed weird, you to stink. That's a weird programming. What ends up happening, I was going through and I'm, I'm you know, going through and paging through this da- damn thing. And then all of a sudden it shifted on me and I didn't know where I was. So we, you got, did a, that too. we got a couple doubles there, but that's okay. Because we're here to do a thank you podcast. All that. Yeah. And thank everybody on the Patreon. A lot of other shows on the Patreon, a lot of DC stuff. So if you're listening to this, 
and you want a little DC action, you can get it there. But we have a lot of DC action for you tonight. Six books here, one better than the next, Eric. I mean, really, it's a Why cavalcade of stars because <laughs> they're not. But we'll we'll try we to go. The with heavy it. hitters here tonight, right, boys We got and girls. the heavy hitters. All right. Well, we're going to go off right now to the book. Fear state is insane. Hey man, who got them down the drain? Hey man, well Batman said now blam blam. He said he had to save it, but he up then he all lean on me, man, cause the savage gonna stick it in the magistrate city. I'll lean on me, man, cause we ain't got time to check it in the magistrate city. Stay out of state. It's not right. All right, Eric, it is Fear State. (laughs) Makes me laugh every time. But here we are, and it kind of has a bit of a Fear State time. Where Fear State is ending soon. I mean, I believe maybe. Like, well, has it? (laughs) That is the big question that we'll end up having to answer. But one of the things that is kind of funny to me is a lot of these books ended up just like, okay. What can we play around with that really won't matter that much? Uh, oh, the seer slash antique oracle. Okay, everybody deal with that. And I don't know. It ends up seeming like that's the focus of more books, but yet nothing's really going on And they all with don't that. feel like they connect to one another. The seer in each and every book is its own entity, it feels like. Yeah, and it's very odd. And some of the timing of these books are starting to feel odd as well, including we'll be talking a little bit later in this section with I Am Batman. That seemed to be shoehorned in a future seems state. like because that takes place at least like thing. a month in the future. It seems like I'm telling you that actually feels like it would be a fear state, but in a pocket dimension that they're kind of playing around with. I don't know. Oh, well. Some of these things are very, very odd. Is that I am Batman a seven issue mini Eric? Did you hear it anything is, no, about Jim, that? It is a weird five G hyper time. Yes, it is. It is. It's it's weird. But we're gonna start off the extravaganza, Eric, with Batman Urban Legends number nine, and we'll get through each of the individual creative teams as we go through these four issues. But I have a little blurb to get us going. Batman Urban Legends continues with Batwoman and the Outsider stories concluding. The Azrael story trudging along, and the surprise of the week for me, a Tweedledee and Tweedledum story with oh the feels. <laughs> this book ran out of steam after Zdarsky's Red Hood story ended, and while there has been yeah. a couple noteworthy things since, overall, it's kind of a mid-level book, and it doesn't feel like it's worth the price of admission anymore, and also just feels like most people have lost interest in it and aren't really talking about it, unless something big happens, the Tim Drake. You know, thing of coming out as by that was a big Look, thing. You but say that, that right now in the outsider story that we'll be doing with within this anthology, Urban Legends book, it actually made the rest of Fear State, at least in my mind, seem bigger than anything we've done in the main Batman book with what the Scarecrow was doing on the outskirts of Gotham, and even what he's going to do with this dude freaking like you know, and like you know, even how it affects thirty-five years in the future. It just seems like the Scarecrow's ambitions are bigger in this little anthology story than in the rest of Fear they State. They may be, but I don't think that he ever did them now, or they. I, I'm telling you, I don't see it as connected at all. I think that Brandon Thomas is just throwing things out there, and really, instead of what I thought was going to be 
the most important story of all time where they were going to revert and devert the whole we deal did. with the deal. Well, you did that for the, the fearsome, but you still get the future state, which I thought it was going to end again, up. And again, is it the future state or is it the apocalyptic state? Well, it's nothing. What all this story was supposed to be about was to try to get, you know, the non- I guess entity of the Black Lightning to back to the deal. That's all he said that this so was about. Black Lightning not being cursed into the Soul Taker sword yeah, anymore. That's all this was about. And really, did we need to have that <laughs> fixed? Are we even going to have any ramifications? And the weird thing about this is, is there's a couple things that pop up where I'm like, oh my god, that's what's going on here. Because remember, we had all of those clown hunter backups right and we're like okay let's see this is what it led to when yep. they said it's going to continue and Connected then you're universe, like Jim. you're like that's it like that's it what and are you talking also about that's it? Bow, bow the freaking clown hunter is now working with the outsiders that's kind of cool yeah but there's no outsiders for him to really work uh with because again that's my other have point. six members and an open seven seat now my other part of that was remember when we ended up having the outsiders thing before and that ended and it was like oh that's going to continue in the fall that's only this so uh-huh. that's gone too so we don't have anything else with it as far yeah. as i know and if it is See it's going to be months outsiders. from now i mean would you actually want a book that has this much of a convoluted nonsense going on to continue because I wouldn't. I was excited about the idea of the team, who's the extra member. But what convoluted all that nonsense stuff, do we have but, to deal with going forward with that? Well, I think that you're going to have to deal with the idea of this future that's still going to happen. Deal with that. That's and, in the future. We're not going yeah, back and fixing that. I don't think that Brandon now. Thomas can get away from it. I think that he loves that deal, and it, everything just felt odd and weird. And even at the end, you have that different team in the future. Is he going to have a book on that, or are we going to have a post? But I don't know. Is it going to be Outsiders Beyond? Look, what we no have idea. to do now is have the rest of the DC Universe make sure that that future never happens. Yeah, well, they, they stopped the fearsome. It's a weird deal. But the first story is actually this Batwoman story, and it's written by Alyssa Wong, art by Vasco Georgiev, colors by Rain Barreto, and letters by Becca Carey. And it's the part two of two of disinformation campaign. I think that the worst part of the story was that it had to tie in the fear state, but I did like the stuff with Kate and Beth and giving you a new that. status quo with here. Beth. The idea by the end when we have Batwoman who's all beat up and there's Oracle, you know, who's still doing Batgirl stuff from time to time and Nightwing about to go out on patrol and do stuff or even take the fight to the seer herself at this point in time. When they asked Kate if she'd like to like come out with them, like that is something that you never get to see that I would love to see a Batgirl, Nightwing, and Batwoman team up. A freaking, you know, a trinity of bats out in Gotham fighting in the night. I'm like, I want to see that threesome. But I don't <laughs> think we're going to anyway, uh, because also this does continue. I believe I like it. in the Nightwing book, it might be the, where you continue that, where they take it to the seer. They go up to the UFO. It's in something coming I'm up. You, it's such a weird idea where we do have, you know, uh, Beth Kane going and putting on the persona of Red Alice to infiltrate her old criminal group, the religion of crime, and like in order to get information about the seer and location. But it is all just a ruse. The seer has led them there. And when we get to the idea that Kate Kane realizes somehow that she's looking at the hologram of the seer and the projection she's putting out there and realizing you're inside Simon Saints often and office inside his again. UFO. And I'm like, well, first off, I don't know how you came to that conclusion, but then later on, after the fight is all said and done, and Kate goes to freaking, you know, Oracle and Dick and says, you know what? 
the, you know, the seers inside the UFO. I just wanted, you know, Barbara to say like, no, duh, or something like, tell me something I don't know. I like, she's so angry in this and for everything that's going on right now, because I want her just to be a bitch and say, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, she's really, just angry it's all the funny, time. though. She's angry. Nightwing does say, Dick goes, ooh, that confirms our lead. Your that's lead a nice was way also, to say it. <laughs> your lead was also jumping to conclusions. You had the problem before in the Batgirls, I think it was, where you said, how, do, how can they tell? That that's in that was it the back or was it just in the last issue it of Nightwing? It was in whatever one it was, but you had such a problem. You're like, how do they know? There's like yeah. a desk behind there I and a window. Tell it was there? Yeah, I couldn't tell. Again, I think this might have been worse, but I do like Simon Saint's office inside the UFO. Now I'm wondering, what is the seer doing in Simon Saint's office inside the UFO above Gotham City? What I want to know then, if she and why is, is he up talking above, about the seer? In that's any my book. Pro- my biggest problem is not even just that, take it a step further, where she seems to be duping the peacekeeper saying she's Simon Saint. But if she's a big thing up there with him in his office, she should have some of the power to kind of send Like, is it just like anyway. Simon Saint's, like, daughter who's forced to go to work with her daddy because he says, like, I'm tired of you being out there and causing trouble all the time. You're coming with me so I can keep an eye on you. But then he's a busy father. She's just sitting in the office twiddling her thumbs and also happens to be an extraordinary hacker who goes and does all this stuff because she's bored at daddy's office. What I think you're playing with, and we'll go with that. I'm going to, you know, it's Father Seer Day over there <laughs> in, the, in the magistrate UFO. But also, it, it is one of those things like the anti-oracle slash seer has a M.O. She could say, hey, it's the seer here, and I Yo-yo. want you to do this. But instead, she has to always dupe people because yeah. she's the seer. So even when she probably does have the power, she's working to for do the magistrate, this. but doesn't like doesn't say what the magistrate knows that at any given time because she is duping them to do yeah, her she things. Dupes the, the magistrate. It's so weird. It's so weird. So I'm going with the idea that she is doing stuff like you know along the lines for the magistrate, but nobody knows that she's doing this. And maybe she's going a little too far. I don't know. That's the problem with it. That's where we get a disconnect with some of the books, right? You get these weird deals with different books kind of going different ways with that. But what even the idea of that? Let's just talk about because, you know, where we have it right now is that we have a faux oracle, the seer, that's pretty much sticking it to the bad family, leading them in the traps, leading cybers and peacekeepers to go and take them out. So as, as far as we think, for the magistrate. And then you have I Am Batman, which is in the same continuity, but, you know, putting together splinter groups of freaking vigilantes. I know, that's vigilantes called the moral authority. that really gets really over the top there. That almost seems like... We are. Well, that's the thing. The thing with the moral authority and all that, that feels like another splinter group like the Unsanity Collective was never like All these things Just going like on. Assholes. Yeah. And, and really, you know, Seer saying, oh, there's toxin in the air and this. I understand you're going to take that as this, you know, group, but not really. And everything feels disjointed, like you said with this. Now, again, this story, I like seeing Batwoman. Oh, we don't great. get a lot of Batwoman. I like that. I like the story a lot. And what I like about the story is something that I wish Ram V would have been able to do in Catwoman. Give a new status quo for a character that always seems to always have that one thing. You know, you end up having Beth. Then anytime she shows up in a, in a Batwoman deal, oh my God, she's Ooh, Red, Red Alice. Alice again. Oh no, Red Alice she's again. Oh my God. Red Alice. And it's weird because it almost seems like we're dealing with Beth Kane right now. What we're dealing with Poison Ivy and the duality of her and the like split personality aspect or different characters we've seen like that where who was it? Who owned it? You know who it is? 
it's the switcheroo, witcher, witcheroo, yeah, the enchantress yeah, yeah. and Superman in authority, where now she is a more combined character between her regular persona and the enchantress figure, where they are both one and the same now and exist on a duality, like together at once. And that's what it seems like it's going on with Red Alice and Beth at this point, where they can coexist and they can accept this idea at this point. And it's a great way to change the status quo and move forward. Yeah, you can do it's almost like the idea of when they decided, listen, we can't have Harley just hanging around Joker all the time and put oh my goodness, Kermoles. And and so they tried to enhance and advance the character and you have and now she's in a bunch, maybe too much to some people. But Beth, you know, would only be able to do this one thing. She would always it's like a James Gordon Jr. Almost when she would show up, it's always there. Oh, no, what's Kate going to do? Whatever. This ends up being able to develop the character where she can then go forward. Now, I don't know where or when she will. You know what I mean? We don't have a Batwoman book, but if we found out that there was an Alyssa Wong Batwoman book coming up, I'd be excited because I think that this is a well-played deal. And if you like Batwoman, if you're invested in Batwoman and her books, this is actually like humongous. This this is huge. And I don't think most people, unfortunately, either know that or care about it. Because yeah, this is this is humongous having Beth there. And at the end, I thought they were gonna do a little switcheroo. I'm like, are they saying that she's good? But I'm like, no, no. It's just that she's that both things together where she realizes I thought I was either at myself or Red Alice when I realized that's all and even parts the idea. Of me. You know, looking in the mirror, she was always afraid to find out what was looking back at her. Was it gonna be herself? Well was it gonna done. be Red Alice? And the idea that they can both be, if she sees Red Alice Mirror, that's okay because that's also her and they can both live together in harmony and this whole thing. And if you bring in, you know, Beth and Kate's cousin, Flamebird, you have yourself a whole like dynamic trio of heroes now with the idea that if Red, uh, like I'm not saying that Red Alice is going to go straight and become a vigilante of the night, but she could do stuff like that along the lines of a Harley or something like that, or even a pre like Flashpoint Dula Dent. I mean, you could then go and get like a clay face and a ragman. Then you I'm could not doing go second chances. Oh no, we're doing the, the others. <laughs> the others. That was cool though. But still, it does give an opportunity Clayface that you is doing can second chance stuff. He doesn't do other stuff. Yeah, anymore. really. You could advance the whole deal with her and Agreed. Kate. And yeah, so I think that this is well played. I thought that it was good. I'd like that idea where Beth says, "Listen, this is the only way we're going to be able to do this." Doesn't work out for. Her. And it's weird. It's one of those things. It doesn't work out, but yet it does because they're able to then kind of figure I out. I just want to know. It seems like a weird idea for having these two stories together within this one four story anthology, though, where you do have the Tweedledee, Tweedledum story and Red Alice story within the I know, it book. Feel odd, where you right? have a, you know, a Alice in Wonderland kind of feel like that because you have the March Harriet and the Tweedledee, Tweedledum. And if, if Alice goes a bit legit where she's not really doing religion of crime stuff anymore, but is still doing the Red Alice persona to a degree, and if Tweedledum is going to go straight after go at the story, she could put together her own Wonderland crew that's like, you know, not a bunch of pieces of shit. Yeah, they're actually nice and good, but she's trying to figure out, you know, she's going to go and try to dupe everybody to follow her, the religion of crime and she's stuff like that. She's trying her best. She goes nobody in and gives it, a shit though. And that's the worst part because like, is nobody giving a shit because she's not doing Red Alice justice in this whole performance she's giving? But no, nobody's giving a shit because they've already sold her out to the seer. Yeah, and they sold her out. And and with that, you do end up having that deal where Beth is really putting it on the line here. She could cross that line and at points it looks like she does until that whole you know, barriers kind of shatter down and she realizes that she's both. But you end up where Kate's feeding her like Cyrano de Bergerac lines in something that used to be her big thing. But she says, I don't really remember that stuff. She's feeding her lines. It's pretty funny 
with that. But then you basically, hey, religion of crime, we have no place for a false prophet. Let's go. Let's attack her. And you do see that she was sold out too. And the best is the magistrate, but it's actually Seer pretending to be the magistrate. But it all works out where, like I said, Beth realizes. Because even this, it looks like it's a different book than what we had before in Nightwing. At least as far as I recall, though, where we have what the Seer is supposed to look like. And you have the religion of crime headquarters here. What is projecting this hologram of the seer in front of them like she's larger than life? And the funniest thing about it is is that when Kate breaks in, she hits the stained glass window. But that really plays off the idea that she's breaking the hologram as well. And it gets a little confusing. I don't know this look. Look at this. Maybe she's doing this for the religion of crime even though they should see her and realize they're due to it, it gets a little wonky again with you have a gigantic part. hologram of the seer woman right there and all her glory or whatever she wants to project to the world you have the peacekeepers there coming in who think that simon saint is giving them the orders but, but like, should see the seer and again, hear her right <laughs> like is it only in their headsets where then she's <laughs> then projecting within their helmets the image of simon saint or just the voice where there's a giant hologram woman that they can't hear projected in front of them in this church I she's don't yelling out her evil plan while they're there they're like look at these dummies i'm controlling them and they're just like, yes, man. Like, is it along so the weird. lines of what we had before? And I forget what book it was. If it was like when Jim Gordon was Batman. I don't think it was that one. But whatever one it was where they turned off the headsets when they start talking about who Batman is in that one book. So it's along the lines like, I'm going to give my evil monologue to you guys, but I'm going to turn off the headsets. I'm going to turn the off the headsets right now so they can't hear me out like, myself. That's, that's clever. Uh, but yeah, that's where you end up. And I Do like you remember the, what book that was? No, I don't remember. But, but I remember. remember us, okay. I think it was a Tynan book, though, if I'm not mistaken, because I, I remember for some reason saying that he actually, we thought he had messed up, Ooh. but he was actually doing it yeah. right, right? And, uh, but yeah, you end up having that. And then a cool thing, as Kate shatters through a hologram and also a stained glass window, Beth's, is, oh, like, Beth's deal is like, you know, shattering the glass of her, you know, persona and things and combining those two. And, I like it. At one point, it looks like she's going a little over the top and killing people. And then you end up having Kate, come on, you know, stop. But that's where that persona that's there to protect her jumps in, just like we said with Ivy and Queen Ivy, like you said even before when we started this. Yeah, and saying, like, you need me. You know, oh, that, that Batwoman, she doesn't love you. She thinks that you're a burden. I'm the one to give you strength. And Beth actually realizes, no, no, no. I have strength myself, but I also am part of you, and, and it combines. It's, kind of so weird it's a nice too, way. Because if you go to the whole thing, I think it was like when, like, back pre Flashpoint, when Maggie, uh, like, you know, Selena's uh, sister Maggie, when she was Sister of Zero, I believe it was. But Well, that's why this reminded me of that, and I well. want it more. That's yeah. what I said. I wish that Brand V could have done but is more it all with just Maggie. The sister characters or all these female characters given the same like role that, over right? and over again? It is. It's, very, it's so much like her, but I would have liked to have seen. Something advanced with Maggie So that like this Like I said I don't know if there's a Batwoman book That will come out in the next 10 years But if it does We can use this advancement of Beth To to make the book better And actually have something that feels fresh I wish that Ram V could have done that With Maggie and the Catwoman book as well Because Maggie She's just always on the sidelines And always there uh, and and really, as it is now, basically, you you would imagine that eventually she'll just go bad again. So 
I, I would uh, rather see, have do. this. Like we saw with that cosmic spear that was equipped so in the last issue of the Flash kind of thing, when all the heroes came to, I mean, the villains came to Central City to try to claim it because of the evil radiating off it and stuff like that that was calling out to them. There's Killer Frost. I'm like, all that work we did with you, Killer Frost, and it's just back to this with you for some all reason. All that work. You were yeah. on the JLA. But by the end, they do take down the seer a little bit here. At least say, hey, we're on to hey, you. Hey, we see where you're at. You left, <laughs> I love girl. it, too. It's almost like we're going to tattle on you. We know where you are. Oh, what, are you going to fight me? No, no, we're kind of tired and hurt. We're going to send it over tonight. And Barbara is, she's frothing at the mouth. <laughs> so angry. She's, she's so angry. But doesn't it feel funny at this point? I mean, for how long we've done it for like, them to go back to, to Barbara. The, is she closer to the camera? Is her head just way more gigantic than Dick's right I there? I think she's headbutting the camera <laughs> as, as Dick is saluting. But she, th- just this this dialogue she has seems like somebody has Ooh, to say, listen. I can't wait to get my hands on her. <laughs> she goes, how dare she hack my system and use it to spread her smear campaign? Has she been yelling this for three months now? Because that that's from issue one. Is, this is here. just like at the same point where they're. I swear, like the they are just seeing the clock tower blow up. This, the back girls yeah, are trying to find them. This is, is going on at the same past. point in time. I mean, the idea of the smear kept so we all know con- it. concurrently. She, she doesn't need though. What I'm saying is she keeps yelling the same she thing hasn't told for to all yet. over. Yeah, but Kate. You always tell the different story over and over again to get a new audience. Yeah, yeah, but still, even that, it's like oh, anti Oracle. They even say anti Oracle slash seer here. We get it. <laughs> oh my do god, we, I'm gonna get, get it. You, you know why I'm mad? Because she pretended that she's me. All right, we got you, we got you. Uh, but yeah, even in the thing, is it Alyssa Wong kind of showing you maybe this weird deal how Beth came to terms with her too? That she's mad because there's that evil version of her out there still. I don't know. But you end up having a nice little. I don't think Barb's gonna be able have... to come to terms with uh, with her evil side like Beth is here. Yeah, so. But again, how many anti oracles have we had? In the past five years So we end up with this going on And yeah, Beth She, the you know, three. the character <laughs> Yeah, really, there's a bunch So, you know, I like it And at the end I like it a lot go. Except for one thing Because you have the idea Of the mirror images And stuff like that For when their kids Are going to play And stuff like that And Beth has on Like, it's her little girls And stuff like that One piece of clothing Make sure you match with me For we're going to play The mirror match game But Kate puts on something darker And stuff like that Hey, we don't match it's a great way to book and the story for how you they look at the mirror and like in the mirror image you see Batwoman and like Red Alice together, but on the other side you see just Kate and Beth and stuff like that. It's a great way to book it from when you start with the little girls, but when you have little girls talking about the idea like, "Hey, what are you doing? We don't match. We're supposed to look a certain way," and you have this really like heart to heart talk as these little girls going for the idea. It's like we might not match, but I'll always be with you and have you. Well, here it is. I'll always be there for you, even when we don't match. Promise, Mike. It's a weird thing for two little girls to say out of nowhere yeah, for just know. playing a mirror-like movement game. <laughs> they, they were smart little girls, Eric. But That's way I, smarter than me. I did like it. Now we'll go to the I next I might as story. well be that guy as a kid freaking that you were fighting on Twitter with. Like, I draw boobs. Yeah, exactly. I draw boobs. The next story, again, it's weird because you do get that whole Alice in Wonderland type of deal. And, and that sort oh of deal. Oh, my God. With. It's so good. Tweedledee and Tweedledum and Down the Rabbit Hole, written by Sam Johns, art by Carl Mostert, colors by David Baron, and letters by Tom Napolitano. I ended up messaging you when I was reading this to review it and said, yeah, there's a Tweedledee and Tweedledum story in the town. And I, I was waiting for you to go, oh, great, that's a bunch of nonsense. I said, it's one of the best things that I've read is, in a I while. I would never say that because it's like when you have a story like this featuring characters you don't normally get to see and like, you know, 
lesser versions of the rogues gallery of Batman and stuff like that. This is what this book is for, in my opinion, because you have all these different bat books. Yes, you're doing all these different things, but you don't know what's going on in the minutia of the people of Gotham, the way that Gotham affects everybody and this life of like, you know, crime or heroism and how it affects them, the individual characteristics. When you have a heartfelt Tweedledee and Tweedledum story, I'm like, yes, this is what this book is for, but it's also a weird thing because it does help me out a little bit in the idea of the infinite frontier because we have Dumfrey and Deaver Tweed here who are the Tweedledee and Tweedledum. But previously, before Flashpoint, Dumfrey was killed and you had his twin brother Dumpson take over for him with that go to with his cousin, you know, uh, Deaver to be the new Tweedledee and Tweedledum. But here you have the original Dumfrey back alive again, who is our main star. I'm like, okay, Dumfrey from like Flashpoint into the infinite frontier. So a little speck of continuity here that I can know that this is he's been resurrected and he's fine now. I'm good. I would, I would love you. You get a hold of Sam Jones like you really did. He's like, well, I, what you say? I don't know. This is it works for goes, me. Yes, Tweedledee and this Tweedledum. This is a piece of the puzzle putting together that everything matters. This is one of those stories though that really shocks you how the feels hit you. It's Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And even Sam Jones plays on the idea that kind of annoying at the beginning where they end up this last score where they do get away from Batman. They end up getting, you know, Batman comes in, they go and they use their propellers on their hats. Just goofy fun as they're, you know, rhyming and scheming and the stealing. And you do go to the now, though, where it seems as if D is sick. Something got him sick, whether it is something that was going on in that last score or whatnot. But he has come up sick. And you the have guy who looks dumb. like he's about to turn into a zombie and doesn't want to tell anybody he's been bitten for how bad, like how bad off he is in this book. And if if it's worse, that he shits his pants in the middle of the living room. You sure? You think he just doesn't like you know just crank one out? No, like, pretty loud? no, I don't know that a fart would. I don't think send... crank one out's the right term I need for that. I can hear something crank else. Crank one out. I don't think March Rip Harriet. March Harriet has nowhere to live, nowhere to stay, and needs to get the hell out of there Again, at that instant. Whether D craps himself on the sofa right there as Tweedledum is trying to talk to her, because you have March Harriet show up, one of the Wonderland gang, talking about, "Oh man, it's been a long time. How are you and your cousin doing? You're always looking for each other. You know any scores because." I'm kind of like, you know, I'm outdoors, you know, I'm looking for a little bit of money. And the idea there's Tweedledum is like, hey, you can come stay with us. And his place is a total fucking wreck. It's Just a shithole, but he's okay. Like, yeah, things like they try to keep it clean, but things get on top of us sometimes because Tweedledum is, you know, he's almost a wrong, he's wrong turn is what he is. And he's a very sympathetic character who does not understand the way the world he's works Lenny. and how you're supposed to. He's a very much a Lenny situation. That's what he is. But he doesn't understand. Them, whether D crapped himself right there or not because he is super sick, looking at their place, if I'm March Harriet, I'm still going to yeah, be outdoors, know. you know. Now, here's the thing, because all this sets up that, you, like I said, Tweedledum is trying to take care of his brother D, who is cousin. sick. but Or cousin, I mean. And the idea of this is they got a lot of money the last bit. And it's funny to think that they're the ones who were the reasonable ones who ended up putting that money away. And they have enough money to take care of themselves as they go. now. You end up having, like you said, a wrong turn Tweedledum who is trying to take care of his cousin, you know, Tweedledee. I say wrong term. He might, he might as well be me, though, for how well I understand how to be an adult and be in real life. At least you know that if, you know, he's going to get angry if he doesn't get his way, but he's frustrated. It's not mean angry. Fr- he gets a parking ticket because he doesn't know that you have to put things in the mail. Oh, he knows. Oh, he just didn't I'll get pay, around to it. I'll pay for that now. And she goes, no, no, no. Like, almost like it's a bribe. No, I'm not touching that. I'm not. Okay, well, who do I call? Lady, come back. 
throws it away. Eh, if it's important, they'll track me down. And then she runs into March Harriet. I swear to God, I'm like, March, if, if you end up stealing their money, I'll slice you. I will get in there and slice you. Because he keeps mentioning Big the score, is, the I money. don't know that she would go outright and do it I like hope now, not. but I think... Well, not now. I thought that that would be... No, I'm saying, though, but know. like, if before she saw D, how bad off D was, I think, like, if it was out in the open, she's definitely taking that. But if since it was put away in a safe, or like, you know, out of sight, out of mind, she's moved on, but she definitely would have taken, away, like, you know, money from them. Yeah, it's weird, too, because that does look like a safe, but even then, I bet he doesn't even lock it. Probably not. Uh, in sure, the meantime, the combination no, if you lost no. It. in the meantime, Batman is watching. Batman sees March Harriet and Tweedledum kind of getting together and says, okay, we got some action going on. This is the worst part of the issue in my or the story in my mind because you have Batman contact Oracle about the idea that the Wonderland gang might be getting back together again. Send your bat drones. And in a world where Batman has no money, he has little robotic bat cameras that can fly out there and watch boys. I'm like, no, we're, we're past the point of robotic bat drones. I don't know what this now is. Mouse. This doesn't feel like future state. You have Oracle just on the computer. She wouldn't be if it was in fear oh, state. No, I'm, I'm saying in my mind right now, this is a story that's going on around this time, but not necessarily going on right now. Yeah. So with all that going down. I think that Batman at the end comes and helps him out. That's why I think that it was kind of eh, that play because you I think that you send him to Dr. Leslie meant, Tompkins. You do, yeah, and well, you end up where you do. March Harriet, you <laughs> I don't do. Know why says, I said it that way, but you do. Says you got to get help for D. I mean, he's not doing well. You got to go. You know, get him a doctor's appointment. Get him some medicine. But Dumb does not know how to set that up. I don't know why he takes D with him to the pharmacy and then props him up because against he the deal. believes he's going to go and get the strong medicine and give it to him right there. I would hope that he would leave, but he, he can't think. It even says at one point with the most heartfelt thing, "Please, D, get better." Please. I don't know how to do this. I, this isn't what I do. You're the smart one. Do you think and he just and takes that walker from an old person inside the pharmacy <laughs> and gives it to Dever? But again, he's trying to help, and he just wants to help him. And the point, though, that everybody who sees him is taking him as a threat. Or, oh, he goes to a clinic to try Look, to get some help. I would take help. him as a threat, too, because so let's just this say I'm inside. This money around like what? he's making it rain like little Wayne let's over here. Let's just say but... I'm in a Walgreens looking for some weird Walgreens exclusive action figure, and I'm pissed oh, off because oh, I have to have go to there. one. Yeah, it happens, there. I mean, there's not a Walgreens around, so whenever it happens, I have to get pissed off because I have to go to it. And I have this gigantic guy who is now screaming and then slamming on the glass to the point of breaking it at the pharmacy counter. I might be getting the hell out of there because I think this guy is a big-ass It's big true, threat. but you see beforehand that And the that guy he's with smells that. like shit and is covered in freaking – looks like he's dying right there. But I'm he, like, do I don't he doesn't it. go into the Walgreens yelling and screaming. He's trying to do his best. He yes. ends up talking, hey, my, my cousin over there, he's sick. I need some medicine. Oh, does he have a prescription? That's why I'm here. I need a prescription. Well, you have to go to doctor. No, no, no. I need the medicine. Like that stuff over there. Slam. Uh, again, and then he gets this, mad. This is why I don't have things because I don't go to the doctor. I don't understand prescription and stuff like that. So I don't have any of it. So I'm like, well, there then with he Dumfries. goes to the urgent care and they say you need insurance. So that's a little bit of a push. I mean, you could probably go in there and pay cash, but the idea you need insurance, you need a thing, whatever identification. And he's like, well, well, I don't have that. I need to get some medicine for D here. Uh, that medicine, I, I'll just pay you. And she thinks this is just some wacko drug addict who's coming in for painkillers or something. And like, we don't do that. Get out like, of here. I'm telling you, if he got a hold of some of the, I don't know who, but in the old Wonderland crew, who's ever out on the street still besides from March Harriet, though? There has to be some underground freaking like. Oh, I think that this like, is going to lead him to do some bad things. A lesser, though, like the network that we're going to deal with in the Joker, but like. 
just there's like those like uh, criminal surgeons and stuff. They're in the back alleys or back where like there has to be somebody for these crooks to go to when they can't call the police or go to an aunt or a hospital because they've but been I shot think that it's one lines. of those where Tweedledum wouldn't know that. Oh, that I knew that, be but D, just yeah. go to a friend and ask for help besides you know because we had March Harry. He was happy as hell to see her. Obviously, he likes her. There has to be other people besides for Deaver that he can talk to. But even then, it seems like they've been just by themselves for a little well, bit at been, least, yeah. and nobody's coming to see them. I just, I, I feel like they, the idea the most popular of this, pair. no, and I think that the idea at the end, well, I, I mean, you, here. you see D's just really having problems now. And, you He's know, what are you going to, what are you going to end up getting? Is he going to end up finding somebody that will take advantage of them? Is he going to try to like, oh man, I think that venom will work. Hey, let's try this fear toxin. I don't know. I hope that Batman watching might be able to help them a little, but. The idea that it's just it's an it's a nice not a nice story it's a heartfelt story. story yeah it's character driven piece also, right here also just going to the overall thing and it's not pushed as much like sometimes you can get some social justice warrior stuff going and people get mad but this is what you know a rehabilitated two criminals trying to do the right thing and not be bad guys anymore they can't fit in they can't the do idea, what they're doing go with your analogy though let's just say like you know. Uh, George and Lenny, you know, like the idea of mice and men. If George had gotten sick and couldn't move, what's Lenny going to do to take care yeah, of him? Yeah, what is he going to do to take care of him? He won't be able he's to. He's going to smother he's... rabbits. That's all he's going to do. He's going to crush him in his fucking mouth. Yeah, really? Hands. He's trying his best. It's just his like, best. George just is not going to tell you about the rabbits no more, Lenny, and George is dead. Yeah, he's dead. But yeah, I really liked it. It was one of my favorite things this week. And then he says, I know we're not supposed to call the police, but I might have to. Though the he dumbass his, smashed his phone. Yeah, he smashed his phone in against anger. the wall because he got frustrated because he tried to call to get insurance. And they're like, no, no, can't give it to you now. I and can he's understand. Like, I need it now and throws it. You we can understand, to the, too. They give you yeah, the run around all the time. Yeah, really. I don't have my medicine. You, you go now to the next deal. And I wish I had my medicine now because you go to it, the Asriel story. The what now? In the Asriel story. What? I, don't, I don't remember any Asriel story in this book. This like I issue. said, we go <laughs> to the Batman and the Alps. That's the thing is we're continuing on the idea of Asriel being Asriel, being all fucking Bible-loving motherfucker that he is, and seeing that bullet tooth in the previous issue, even though he had died, he had then risen from the grave, and it's the book of Revelations, and the dead shall rise, and the Lord will come down. It's the rapture, motherfuckers, but... So yeah. boring. I'm not even that. Just even the idea when, you know, you see him doing the nurse caretaking and stuff like that. And the guy calls him like kid. Like, you know, Azrael in this for some reason has been de-aged, it feels like, where he's 19 years old and just really a um a naive freaking like, you know, like religious an kid. Type guy kid who's into the religion. Yeah, but like, it just seems like he is so like almost doing rumspringer where he doesn't know anything outside of the religion and doesn't understand. So when he sees this all he knows is, oh, my God, God is coming for me. And then when he finds out the bullet tooth is dead where he finds him, like, what is going on? This is supposed to be the rapture. The people coming back from the dead. The Lord was going to be our savior and come down. I don't understand. And then he goes and finds a doctor making freaking street-level Lazarus resin pills. I'm like, fuck me. Maybe there's a goddamn Lazarus resin And remember, resin pill. again, you say the, the aging. It does look and act like it, but this is the Ezreal that was in space. So they it, it that. really it doesn't is, feel like it. is odd. And but it Ezreal's is dark always night doing Ezreal stuff. Yeah. It's Dark Knight of the Soul Part 2. It's written by Dan Waters. This Finale. ends up have to keep... No, it did well, maybe for Finale, us, but it's Jim. not. And so you end Fucking up where Ezreal. this is supposed to be happening before the Arkham City book that he gets. Oh, yes. Oh, like the, the Arkham... Um, Arkham City. That's, that, I'm saying, though, that's the book that we're currently doing with, like, uh, City of the World. 
Is yeah, that what it's like called? View of the, hmm, hmm, I forget yeah. what it's called. Yeah, I do too because I it's don't really book. care that Ten-eyed much about man it. Doing shit. Dan Waters writing, Nicola Sizemizija on art, yeah. Ivan Placencia, yes, on colors, Ariana Mayer on letters, and Dave Weigel's editing. I don't know why I had to put that up there, but you end up where, again, this is why I say it's boring, though. Also, like you said, this weird, naive, young Asriel, but isn't, and then ends up, oh, my God, you know, stay with me, kid. I don't want to die alone. Oh, I got to go out because the dead's rising. And guess what, buddy? You're going to be resurrected by the coming of the Lord. And he's like, I don't think that that guy was very into that. Then he goes out and this but is where I go. But there's a mystery in the background of crooks getting beheaded that he just kind of like, why did that guy think I was going to cut his head off? And he was praying against it. Huh, that's weird. Let's I remember Batman on. showed up at the one point and said, hey, don't people behead people. People cut heads off I with didn't. battle axes. Remember what he said, battle axe? I have a flaming sword. Which is weird right. because our angel, yes, an angel of the Lord seems to show up at the end here who is cutting motherfuckers' heads off. Doesn't have a battle axe either. No, has like a halberd, I yes, would say, back in my it. D&D times. But. I, I even like where you go and like, look at that burger. Look how big that freaking burger is. Looks like it has a big giant mushroom on the side. But you end up where Asriel yeah, was like this like gross and disgusting. I barely looked at it. Asriel is basically, you know, hey, get guess, get this, Eric. He's religious. <gasps> Did you know that? The hell and, he's, say? and he's almost like the religious Batman, Eric. Can, can you believe it? Because he stands above the city and the seven seals. Look, I'm I'm like, I don't need it's it. It's such a weird dynamic for me just because uh, maybe it's nostalgia and that's it. But when you have. Azrael Batman taking over during the like the early '90s Nightfall storyline when Bane broke Batman's back. It's one of the most influential stories of my life, just because of when it came out and me being a kid and thinking this is the coolest thing ever because it was this grand new thing that I saw and was aware of as a young fan of comics and stuff like that. So, and I think that the Azrael Bat suit looked really badass. It was one of those badass '90s upgrade things that everybody was doing. Flaming it, it, it sword. Didn't, it didn't last very long. Well, you didn't really have that. Just with the gauntlets and the long freaking cape and stuff like that, spawn esque kind of look. But the thing is, I hold this in a high regard, and it just might be because of nostalgia. But I have no idea because it's such a forced thing. Where oh no, Batman got his back broken. Why don't we give the mantle of the bat, the thing that he's held so dear and more than anything else, to this guy he just met the other month, Jean-Paul Valley, who has mental issues. I'm like, that was a weird kind of forced situation. And ever since then, even though I have this, like, you know, love for the story overall, I hate Jean-Paul Valley so goddamn much because ever since then, even when the system started taking over his mind again when he was Batman and believing that he was the real Batman and this is his, like, you know, his fate in life to always be his destiny – Everything after that has just been the same thing over and over again. Later on, when Jean-Paul died, it was just a great moment for me because we could didn't have to – actually, I think it was a second Asriel. But we never had to deal with Jean-Paul anymore. But then Flashpoint happened, New 52. We bring back Asriel and we're just right back where we started 30 years ago. And remember, I think that he kind of popped up in the Batman and Robin Eternal book. He and when he That's showed up, back. when we, he showed up, you were so mad because – how does this timing work now? Because they end up continuing that Batman timeline, even though you have a reboot. Sense. And yeah. you're like, when did this asshole show up then and become that? But even so, as we just said about Beth in the Batwoman thing, you get a new version. This is something that they're making something new and it could do something different. This is just Asriel 101. It's just Asriel going, oh, my God, we're going to end up having the coming of the lord the seven seals oh i'm religious here we go 
and he ends almost like you had to reestablish that after he was in space. Well, well not didn't. even that. Nobody but even cares. Even when you have this doctor who's resurrecting the dead with his street level freaking Lazarus resin that he's making, bullet tooth brought back from the dead until he's not because the pill doesn't work that well yet. But there's Ezra. You mock faith. Yet perhaps you are part of his plan. He's justifying all this shit in his mind because he's an asshole. But no, the Bible was written by human hands, though. Through us, he builds his kingdom on earth. Perhaps this is how the, his second coming begins. How the res- I'm telling you, he looks at this freaking hippie, dirty looking doctor asshole and says, he's making lies or bringing crooks back to that. Maybe you are the prophet way for to the point where this is just so ch- like a freaking nonsense idea from heaven. Like they had to send an archangel down and say, you know, Azrael, the sinner's no agent of heaven and neither <laughs> you fuck yourself. No, asshole. <laughs> That's the best. He ended up almost like, no, no, no! I got sent down to clean up your stupid mess. That you're just ridiculous. I don't know who and yeah. this angel is, but I, can't, I don't know if it's an actual angel or not because the wings look rather small, and it almost looks like you yeah, like. Yeah, but like still, a, maybe a Teen Titans T on the freaking like you know the belt buckle. It's not that Teen Titans T, but no, yeah, I don't know. I, we just we just have this angel broad going around cutting motherfuckers' heads off. But it does feel like the the concept of this in my mind is that Azrael is walking around. Is spouting nonsense and can't react to things because he keeps trying to put these biblical notions oh, yeah. into them. And then this angel comes and goes, No, this is all bullshit. I'm going to have to take care of it. I'm and really you, I'm going to go there. down there. I'm going to have, I'm just trying to think of something awful that people aren't actually going to pin on me once I say it, just for a hypothetical situation. Like, I'm going to go with the first thing that came to my mind where. I have a dog fighting ring, okay? Oh, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Azure, hate that, right? I, I, no, I'm sorry. It's the worst How thing ever, but you? I can't think of anything else that, like, you know, is. You know, bad, but still, like, you redeemable. You my dreams. But the idea is, you have Azrael coming. Everybody scatters. He's going to come and kill me with the flaming sword for being a piece of crap. And I say, but Azzy, yo, Azzy, this is God's plan. Well, oh, shit. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Keep on going. No, Vic. what they do is like, oh, Michael, you got to continue on. You got these dogs fighting. What did you go? Oh, that Cain and Abel. Oh, shit. This hey, is Bible Azzy, stuff. dog spelled backwards <laughs> is God. Holy crap. Move along. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, with that hey, at the real. end at the end I'm just like, Yep, Asriel. That that's all you have to say about this story. Asriel. And you can go on and there's and nothing the that's is, again, interesting in my mind to, to me. Add that plot to add on to the Asriel character where you have a character and a thing. Asriel, Lazarus resin, angel. There you go. Yeah, and and I love this this editor's note where like, oh well, he ended up synthesizing this artificial version of the Lazarus, and it goes sounds a lot like the Lazarus resin, eh? And like, like in every other book, how about you just tell us that that's what it is? I don't need to. Oh, it sounds like that, doesn't it? Wink, wink. Oh my goodness, Asriel's not going to like but that. But it's not quite the Lazarus resin. That's it's, what it's I'm saying. Street level, not as potent. But they want to make it like. Okay, this isn't really connected, like but there's maybe a connection. Wink, wink. Uh, Asriel. Asriel, at the one point, because the angel is shaking cuts his fist. Off. You know, he's shaking his fist, and the guy gets beheaded. And because this is DC, and they don't like to show a lot of things, it actually was confusing to me. I'm like, this guy neck broke? Oh, he, he got beheaded. No. I get it now. All you see is this face, and I didn't know if he was upside down or not, or maybe his head just got real close to the camera. It oh, did, but his was, body didn't. I'm like, oh, he was beheaded. I thought maybe he got a giraffe neck. But yeah, yeah, and that next it says the poor fella. Is that the you for having me, to reading yeah. it? Yeah. So we go to the next story and the last one in this book. This is the Outsiders, the fearful finale. 
written by Brandon Thomas, pencils by C and Torme, not Mel Torme, Eric. Oh, Raul what about Tracy Fernandez, Torme? Maybe. Uh, colors by Alejandro Sanchez. Science. Letters by Steve Wands. Edited by Dave Walgus. Eric, I just wanted to let you know. Cool. You end up here the where you're, you're jumping through a lot of time frames. You end up having, I love that the Not retroactive too. kind of uh, thing at the end. Where you're wondering, well, how does Duke know that these things are changing in the timeline? And then at the last second, demon he goes, arm. by the way, my demon arm well, is allowing that. Is, you're going to talk about that right away. It was the biggest problem I had with this story. The idea of how time works and the ultimate. It's almost like that movie Frequency where I like that movie where things are happening in the past and co- like you know going on at the same time in the future where then. It's happening at that point in the current future to when this thing happened. Like, this guy got his hand blown up, and then all of a sudden his hand disappears in the current, and he's reacting to it like it's going away. I'm like, that's not how time works. It would have been a thing where that was never there the whole time. So when Duke is hung upside down by the fearsome, talking about, I sent Black Lightning back in time. We're going to stop you. We're going to make sure that this never happens. I can see it already. Parts of my memory are already changing. I'm like, you are 35 years in the future. All of your memory and all of this should already be changing. It doesn't happen at the same exact time. But then when you go and – Make the concession by just putting it out there because I'm pissed off already. It's because of my demon arm that it is allowing me to just like, you know what? You did it. It works for me because of your it, fucking it magical does, hocus pocus demon arm. I actually think that while this is going on, they already had a bunch of things drawn. And then Dave Wall goes, the editor's like, this shit don't make sense. But, oh, demon arm. All right. Just throw it in there. Works. It comes in it's too magic. late. It comes in too late yeah, because you're angry off, about but it. it yeah. But it, it cooled me down a bit. Well, you end up in, you know, the... The earliest time here, you Present? end up having. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, they, it's all all over the place. There's fear the, state. You now, here's the thing: it's not stuff. during fear state. They said before that this was actually before the Joker War, and that was Did the they? Joker War had just ended. They didn't no, say fear the state Joker was gone. War, but the thing is, there's the no magistrate. The Joker nothing. War was the last thing that happened, though. But fear state's currently going on to the point where people are like, no, this is the fear state. I everybody. know, but that's the thing. They never said that. They said, what's the big thing that's going on? What's the last thing you remember that was, was huge? Like the Joker War, but. They would say, like, shit's bad now, and we never really saw much of Magistrate in the streets. Nothing really going on much with well, that. that as I am if, uh, Batman. Either. Well, I know. Well, that's a little different thing. This is being written right this now. Is the way that this is played out. stuff in fear state situations. There should, well, first off, in the present, it should fully be almost near the end of fear state for where we are at the deal because Bao has already been thrown off a building, which we saw During earlier State. in the deal like that. So where is the magistrate? There's no magistrate. There's no anything. Fear State. Town. This is freaking, you know, Burns, Burnside. At this point, <laughs> buildings are being blown up and cars are being destroyed and nobody is reacting to them. Nobody's coming. I think Again, that the that's timeline. Is, they're all reacting. They happen to be where that's going on, away from the Fear State and the outsiders. That the, I think that the timeline is all screwed in this and they tried to jam it in the idea that This Bow is doing is more with stuff. what Scarecrow's been up to with the idea of Fear State outside of that, testing new strains, doing different things than anything we saw going on within the Fear State stuff. Again, Again, though, this is a little mini little deal. It's it's not important. The main thing is the big kind story that isn't doing it. So, no, because this gets wiped out. It's a tie into that. Uh, it no, is. No, no. But 35 years from now, it gets wiped no, out. No, I'm saying even now, though, we never saw a lot of this stuff. The fearsome was a big thing starting up. I, I just think that this is just a nonsense story that's thrown in here to try to tie into fear state. And they just say the fearsome, oh, we got to stop him from the future. And, yeah, you see that. 
the scarecrow was when was he doing these experiments when he was pretty much with Simon Saint or well, he was A-Day doing that before that and stuff like that. But that's the problem in my mind. He was in Robin's Arkham. Been tracking that. But he was in Arkham. He was he was supposed to die in A Day. He was supposed to die in A Day. So he was in Arkham. But he wasn't because they did it because he's the one who did A Day. No, but I'm saying he was there, no, and that's when they broke Verona. him out yeah. and did a day to make it seem like the dupe that he was there. But no, he was sure in Arkham at, out at that point because they also broke in Suicide Squad, also broke out Talon during a day. Well, we're never going to find out. This is why this whole deal of, oh, I was trying some things on the side there out in the outskirts of town also makes it so Batman's just duped. He doesn't know what's going on. And then they go, oh, there was a gas leak in the produce section of a supermarket. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And yeah, you end up, and also a guy blew up or started shooting up people in the post office. And this shit's just thrown together. And it's thrown together to make it seem bigger. I don't think that anybody will ever reference any of this ever again, unless Brandon Thomas has an outside book and he will. I won't because I don't even know that they're telling the truth. I don't know what they know what or don't mean? know. I'm saying that you end this up is even within there. They have written in there. They are telling no, the I'm truth. No, I'm saying Tim Drake now goes, oh, I guess that those were connected. And this, why didn't he know this before if he knew of those, well, how often you know, do you experiments? Tim Drake doing stuff like, you well, know, he should have gotten hold of Batman titles. and said, hey, you know, Scarecrow's working on some stuff. All of a sudden it's just thrown out there out of nowhere to make it so that you have a reason why. The fearful was made because they crossed the streams. And I'm actually, I wish we had a little bit more of this because I want to know what the Scarecrow's plan for the fearsome is. Because while we have a thing where we have to go like, the future is all kinds of fucked because of the fearsome 35 years from now, even post what we ever dealt with in future state and stuff. I want to know when the Scarecrow shows up here to take, you know, this kid away, what his plans were with that. Is this the new cadaver for what he's going to make the ultimate fear like, you know, toxin out of? I don't know, but I know 35 years from now, the Scarecrows, nobody's talking about his ass anymore. It's all about the fearsome and what the fearsome's doing to Gotham. Like, I want to know the rest of the story. But again, what did this guy do for the next 35 years? And would this, is this different from what we saw? Like, why wasn't the Scarecrow, the magistrate, aware of him during Fear State? Well, they might have. I'm saying this is, that's like five, four or five years from now. This is 35 years from now. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, what was he doing all this time when you had Jonathan Crane then just working as a regular psychiatrist? We have like 30 years to do after that. But it seems like he's just about to blow right here. I mean, he looks pretty bad off. I just, all this in my mind is just nonsense. It's just nonsense. I just wanted to know what originally was going to happen with the fearsome with our outsiders before Black Lightning came back in time in order to make sure that this never happened. Thanks to Duke Thomas's demon arm from the future. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on here that's kind of cool, but I want to know what happened in the actual timeline to lead this to where he is the biggest bad ever. 35 years from now to the point where all of our outsiders are the most fucked up versions of themselves you ever imagined to are well, like, you know, Jefferson Pierce is an electric cursed lightning storm that's kept inside the soul taker sword. Duke Thomas has dark light powers and a demon arm. Like that's some shit I need to know more about, but we never will because we've averted that now. And we're moving I wonder, on. I wonder if Brandon Thomas even has any idea unless it was just hey, they're cool. I'm going to throw this well, out there. Cool. I'll throw that out there, but never really had any plan of doing like, you know, whether he has a timeline all printed out and he knows what would have happened and what, or he's just like, that's a cool look. Oh, you know, Jefferson, he's just going to be, you know, energy and he's in the soul taker. Like we even said that the the thing leading into this didn't even make sense about the soul taker and the husband and all that going on. 
to lead into this. I don't know that he has. Well, the we never got the story. Dotting the eyes. Well, this is the continuation of it. He ends up. This is the outset. He just stopped that and went back to this. And now he averted it, so I don't know. Because we have that five years from now where I guess like like you know, thirty years after future state, he is still this whole kind of cursed being. And I'm like, I wanted to know a little bit more about it because, you know, it's at least something different and weird that you're playing with that you don't normally get to see. Yeah, and I I guess we're not going to. This is the finale of this. Yeah, yeah. And but that's the thing is we have averted the fearsome future, thankfully, but when we actually have the idea of where you know, time starts like rewriting itself right there. The fearsome has been put down. We have cured him. We have, you know, Red Robin and Duke Thomas for the hero of the day, even Clown Hunter to a degree. We have Black Lightning disappear. We have the future rewritten to the point, though, the fearsome is not the big bad that ruined. But we have our outsiders just as fucked up as far as I'm concerned, besides for Black Lightning becoming this cursed thing. But it's a weird thing because I don't know how the fearsome ties into that in future state, which he was already the energy being. But these are messed up versions of our outsiders, and it looks like they're fighting through an apocalyptic future. I'm like, I'm did he fix you. anything? I don't know. And then at the end, it's like, this future is ours. What will be your final words of humanity? And then you end up having uh, Duke say, man, you already know. What 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 did we know? What are the words? Do you, do you know what he's saying? Because I have no idea. That ending of what are the final what will be the final words of humanity? And Duke says, man, you already know. I don't know. I I'm have no sure. connection. I'm not sure. like a quote to something, though. Yeah, I, I have no idea because I didn't remember anything that happened in any of these outsider stories that we okay. would have gotten the uh, – no, I'm saying about oh, okay. Duke saying a line. No, what, what, what would you get from a future Duke that we don't know but we already know what he's going to say? It, it just ended. I, I just everything with this future state and then going into this with this Outsiders team, I think, is a complete and utter mess. And I just every issue gets more and more convoluted to get to nothing. And then at the end, getting to nothing. We didn't avert anything. We just have a yeah, different. No, we stuff well, I'm saying it, we have a different it, awful might, future. Exactly. But also the thing is, Black Lightning is in curse the way he is. But even when we have time, we re- like rewrite itself where Duke doesn't have the, the demon arm anymore because the fearsome wasn't there to make him go and get that. We still have a Jefferson Pierce who hasn't aged a day in 30 years. And it looks like he might have a robotic eye or a robotic eye patch. Again, are we going to see this? Or I don't know. I hope not because I really don't care. But again, we're doing this like you always say. You hate to have this future set up. 35 years in the future, it's post-apocalyptic now. And, uh, you know, oh, my, we have to stop this. I just I'm not interested at all. I think the art's pretty good in it. But oh, the I'll story is just a mess. It's just an utter mess, and it has been since Future State. All the stuff with Duke and the Outsiders, even in the Future State story, was just ridiculous mess. And it just continues to be that, seemingly only to try to get Jefferson right, but then, like you said, don't even accomplish that. So we, I, we I get him right, right, but there's something going on where he's not a weird, you know, lightning elemental yeah, trap. Thirty-five years sword. in the future, which do we care about that? Are we like I said, if this was but when in that happens, though, that was at least within the last four years. Yeah, but again, I'm just saying we end up with again another team in 35 years in the future that is all messed up, and I really, I don't care much of it. So we'll see. We'll see if people, if this becomes a book. It's not selling. There's no way it would sell with some of these other books not selling. I can't see that this one would have any hope of doing anything. But what do you think overall 
of this issue. Well, overall, I think the Batwoman book is real, really the issue, you know, the story. Batwoman's story is really good, and the Tweedledee Tweedledum story is really freaking good. It's just that the Outsider one, it is over-the-top convoluted. You you changed a possible future to an even maybe worse future, and that's very disappointing. You did a few things here and there, but you have put together a strange Outsiders team, which I do like seeing with Red Robin, Clown Hunter, you know, and Duke Thomas, the signal, and like, that's a cool trio right there on top of Katana, Metamorpho, and Let's Jefferson Pierce. They say we Pierce. are Robins, Eric. Did you well, like no, no. that? Tim Drake said, you know, could, why, hey, why are you doing this? Hey, come on, man. We are Robin. And I'm like, that was a fun callback. I dug that the most. But uh, it's a convoluted mess. But that uh, the, the third story there with um, with Azrael, it's just, it's just, I hate Azrael so much and it doesn't do a goddamn thing. Like, that's the thing is I like half this book a lot. The second half yeah, is the that's weaker exactly half, but I'm me. giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm giving it a 7, a 7 out of 10. And uh, the first two stories, I, I still don't know that this is worth $8 if you have to buy it. But it would be something that if you have, say, the DC, and wait till it comes out on that and read those first two stories and check out the other two. Maybe you'll like them a little more with the Asriel stuff. But I wish that this story... I just story... wish we could have... It seems like always... Maybe that's not the case. It's just there's always a stinker within it. And I, why can't we have a strong ass... Actually, you know what the closest one was? I think the closest one where you got really good stories that were pretty all well-rounded was that uh, weird Batman Beyond Future kind of issue. You didn't yeah, like maybe. the, the I didn't like Batman it much, 1 million, yeah. but it's just it felt like it had more substance than the rest, even though they were all like one-offs. The, the thing about that Asriel story, just to keep going with that, the idea that I was hoping, because I'm not really digging the Arkham City book, and so when you have this Asriel that doesn't feel like a prequel to that, even though they keep telling you, hey, it happens before that, but also the idea that it's by the same writer, I was hoping that that story would make me maybe want to read the Arkham City, and it is, it just says, and that's the funny thing, we keep re- trying to remember the tagline on it, they just say Arkham City in this as well, but... Yeah. You know, it happens before Arkham City number one. Okay, maybe this will tie into some things. You know, maybe this will give it, and it doesn't. I'm just as bored as I am with that. I don't know what you're going to do with this to make, you know, the ten-eyed man pulling jaws and fingers off of people to make a spell because there's a ghost where the city's in Arkham Asylum. Like, I don't know what you do with that. I mean, maybe the prequel would have been more about the ghost. Because, you know, Azrael's reacting to people rising from the dead anyway. Maybe this could have tied into the ghost angle of the Arkham City deal because that would have freaked Azrael out too. But it, not that I, I just wanted it to be like, okay, this is pretty cool. Maybe I should give that Arkham City another look, but I don't like either of them. That really, really ends up making me, you yeah. know, behind the eight ball on I that. I was looking but, forward to more of that Arkham City until the second issue of that because it yeah. was strange. I want to see. All the Arkhamites who did escape, you know, 80 and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought that's doing, what it was going to be. Being haunted by a freaking ghost in Asriel and the cities, this and that. I'm like, you done did too much for me to care anymore. Yeah, the funny thing, too, is you have that. And then Show we have Tweedledee to have, and Tweedledum having then, a good time. Then we have the backup. Time. We have the backup in Detective Comics where you have the ghost of like, what are we doing with these good, good ghosts? But what Spooky is next, season. You're long, Jim. I guess, yeah. I am Batman number three, written by John Ritty with R. by Steven Segovia, Christian Duce, Rick Rex Locus, and Troy Batiri. It's assault on Precinct 13 as the Seer sends her different splinter groups of the Moral Authority to a juvenile detention center to free the captured comrade, Morris Caulfield, who murdered Anarchy previously, and now it's up to Jace Fox to take out these vigilante vigilantes and make sure that everybody, including his mother, makes it out of the onslaught alive. 
Yeah, uh, this is kind of like the street level deal. We kind of wanted that from the I Iron like Batman it. book, but I don't like the story being tied in and not really feeling like a fear state deal. It feels like it's separated. It doesn't feel as big. It feels like just kind of a side deal that's taking place in one neighborhood. And yeah, you tie in the Fox family, things like that. When you end up at the beginning and Jace is talking about the idea that his father's mad at him, whatnot. I actually thought the idea, I hate the idea that they really, and even in Future State, are making Lucius look like a real asshole. And I kind of wish. Well, well, I kind of wish that they would have done one of those plays that when Batman loses his money, yeah, maybe Lucius can take over, but instead, a Jerry Powers comes in and you get that Powers Wayne, something like that. So we could actually have a real kind of villainous thing that Jace would be working against or whatnot. But just the idea that even in Future State, both. His mom and dad end up becoming, and I just, it doesn't feel right to me. It just rubs me the wrong way. I don't, I don't mind it just because of what they've gone through with the city, with the Joker attack on Lucius Fox, his daughter becoming, you know, but they vegetable. still could have been there. They could have even said, we're going to keep you, Lucius, as this like thing and have that. But the idea that he's just always yelling and then sells oh, no, him saying, out though, later. This thing that where, where Lucius, though, because we always see Lucius Fox, so he's doing the R&D for Batman. He's always this great engineered guy, but you always have these ideas of you know somebody, but you never get to see them behind closed doors, what they are with their family, the personal lives, stuff like that, where you see the idea where you know Lucius has an idea of who he wants his son to be, the, the screw up who we thought finally grew up, but now that Jace is out there doing Batman stuff, he's constantly coming in late to work and doing all this thing, so he thinks he's falling back into bad habits and stuff like that, so you see him as a disappointed father figure, just not the guy who's building fucking Batmobiles, and I appreciate that. Yeah, but I'm saying in general that he's funding the magistrate as well, he's making the well, equipment for him, and in future state, keeps going with it after all this nonsense that goes down, and actually seems to even sell out a bunch of people as they try to get out of the city at the end of the one point. And it just it, it just feels wrong to me having it be Lucius. It's just a side thing that I just don't like looking at well, Lucius he, as one thing of the is, bad guys. He's gone guys. through some shit, though, where he just tired of all of this Gotham bullshit. His daughter was affected. He was affected. All this stuff's going forward to the point where even, you know, everybody in his family has been affected by a villain or a Batman. Yeah, well, it has, but again, he's tired I like, of this shit. Well, I like to think that, you know, that would be like Superman getting tired of shit and, you know, killing the Joker. I mean, I like to think that some guys are a little better than that. And even though something bad happens, they can realize good from bad because it's real obvious this magistrate is not good at all. And he's the one giving them the equipment to be bad. It just, it rubs me the wrong way. I don't think it'll ever not rub me the wrong way, but the way it's played out here. It's cool with Jace being, you know, the father and he's duping him. It feels, it, it feels like, you know, that Lucius doesn't quite get like, it'd be funny if he gets an epiphany. You know what? You're acting like Bruce Wayne. Oh my God, you're Batman. And then goes with that. But it's, it's a fun little back and forth. It even reminds me a little of what Jace is doing of the milestone book hardware in the original one. I haven't read the new one, but hardware where he ends up having his boss and say, I don't care about you. It's a little different because Lucius does care. But in the meantime, is down there and making his own stuff and things, which I do like. And it gives you the in of how he gets the deck. Uh, but the book itself, it, I think this issue meanders a little too long with what you said. It, it's, you know, attack on precinct 13. Sure is. It just goes on for too long. That's the thing is just, you don't like Lucius Fox here. I mean, you have a, you know, a strong connection to him for everything we read before, but. We have an idea of who these detectives that are the, the supporting cast of I Am Batman, even, you know, J just Chase Fox of the future and stuff like that. We have Detective Whitaker and Detective Chubb. 
And you think you have a kind of idea, but for some reason, since like, you know, anarchy died and we arrested Morris Caulfield as his killer, the way that Detective Chubb is played off, it almost becomes this almost racism feel like that she's calling out, but I don't understand what she's mad at because when Tanya Spears, like Tanya Spears decides she's going to come in because Renee Montoya talked to her in the previous issue, to please go and talk to this kid, you know, like a Morris and represent him for his trial because while you like, you know, don't sh- shouldn't give a crap about him, you were all about the idea of people getting rid of the mass. And this kid was, you know, duped by the seer thing and end up killing somebody. So, you know, Renee talked to her to the point where she's now going to go and talk to this Morris kid and see if she is going to represent her. But it looks like, but when you have Detective Chubb here seeing Tanya being walked in and she's like, babysitting her in the middle of a crisis and she acts like we're the hired help. Yeah, I'd like to see her go handle herself. The cute white killer and his privileged black lawyer. I'm like, I don't know who you're mad at with like, you know, you're going back and forth a little bit here because before the idea of, you know, like uh, Morris Caulfield being duped and stuff like that. Am I supposed to feel bad for a kid who's a killer, even though he was duped into doing that? But now she's mad at also Tanya Spears. It seems like this weird thing. Like, are you just mad at everybody, Chubb? Because either they're like, you know, are you just mad at your station in life, whether somebody has more or less than you or like, you know, moral? Like, I don't know. I can't get a bead on her character because she just seems angry all the time. And and with that, I think that John Ridley, more than any of the other books of this fear state, is trying to like grab some things from the headlines of stuff that we had from the last two years or so. Even when he has interviews, he says it. And uh, that sort of thing, like when it happens, it does make you like, huh, that doesn't seem to be the chub that we had. And it seems a little forced. But yeah, you end up having the, these this attack. And, and the thing we talked about, the seer, the anti-oracle in the other books, and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but this seer, what that is like way up the ante of really awfulness. The other one kind of feels like a little jokey, a little, hey, I'm playing a game. Well, yeah. I'm going to mess can with you the back girls. That girl projecting herself and this in the long, like, alien That's my princess gloves, being the person says, you are a special being who needs to go out in the streets and take matters into your hands. If you see somebody doing something that goes against you and your morals, you need to stop them because you are a special. Like, this is a freaking cult of horror right now, a cult of personality, which people are being duped into thinking, this person says I'm special. I have to prove it. And I'm like, this is, this is a seer that I'm not seeing anywhere I mean, else. I'm telling you, this seer is great. And really, this like, seer scares me more than any other seer that we're dealing with personally right now. It does. And that's what I'm saying. Is this good or bad? Because the other seer feels like a jokey Batman rogues villain, a Batgirl deal. And it's going to go into the Batgirl's totally. book. This one feels like, holy shit, this got real. Like, at, at the point, Seer's like, oh, look at me. I look like a princess here with the hologram. Wait a minute. I got to go over here. You're special. You got to kill people. Well, that's the thing holy is, crap. Maybe that's the book's greatest, like, you know, detriment. Also, the greatest thing that it has going for it because of how out of place it feels in continuity with the rest of the Batman books. Because when you have the Seer here and see how she acts like that and what she's doing with her Seer abilities, and even when you see Simon Satan somehow having some kind of weird connection to, like, Jace Fox from the, the next Batman Second Son digital story, dealing with that guy from uh, Vietnam, I think it was before, the Arcadine that he's been trying to bring to justice, where it seems that Arcadine has been doing human trafficking for Simon Saint. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on with that connection at this point in time because you are adding things here that are elevating things. Yes, but I think you're doing too much for all what you can do within this because you kept adding stuff with the moral authority. But you're mostly and Simon Saint, Arcadine, human trafficking and all that. Even, you know, Jace Fox being, you know, yelled at by his father because he's making his father look like a dick because he's coming into work late and tired and stuff like that because he's doing Batman shit. But 
you mostly spend this issue with Batman fighting off fucking bikers and trying to make sure his mom's okay when they go to take on this yeah, juvenile I don't mind detention that. that's cool. And And with this, like, you ended up having Detective Comics through all of this before even Fear State, but the idea... That's the street level Batman. Never was. I mean, it's goofy. I mean, to think of that as street level, and then you read this. This is street level. Damn right. This is grittier. But the thing is, like, just playing off the things. You end up having Arcadine. Okay, that's Jeffrey Epstein. He gets killed in a cell. I mean, it's it's very right on the nose with stuff like that. And I don't know that that's that much fun. It's funny. I didn't but really I go with that in my mind. I don't really put topical stuff with the like. But it is. It's a hundred percent. It's a human trafficker that goes put in jail and the. Powers that be above that would end up falling down from that, end up is, getting him killed. Human trafficking. I don't really go with that in my mind for some reason. Yes, you can obviously do that. Most people, I think, would, but for some reason, like, oh man, he's taking these people and they're and they're harvesting their organs. No, it's it's grabbing them. I don't know. Selling them for, for prostitution. Reason, I don't know what's going on. That's what I think about so, it. When you do that, like again, I pretty much keep fucking kids in, out of my mind. In the rest of the idea, it's almost like the rest of the books are like. Oh, we're going to do the regular Batman stuff. Yeah, there's going to be the killings and the ding, but it's all fun and games and jokes and holograms and things. And then you get to this, holy shit, I just hit a brick wall where there's a lot. So, yeah, it might be the be- it might be a plus for this book to do it. But since it's combined with all the rest, it does feel like the odd one out. It doesn't feel right as you go. And it's a shame because I think there's a lot of stuff for people to enjoy. With Jace's Batman because he oh, is that him. gritty street level deal, but nobody and really is, cares. Not only is he the gritty street level, level deal that I want to see in this and I want him to be because that's an interesting take on the Batman who's doing other stuff like right now. But I want to see the rise to the year one of Jace Fox where he is the rookie making rookie mistakes. Like even showing up here because he gets too emotional when he finds out that his mother's in this place being taken over by the moral authority. He just goes out and he's overwhelmed. Yeah, he takes the biggest guy out, but he's getting the shit kicked out of him during this whole thing and also putting himself in danger because now after that's all said and done, the cops that he's protecting who are going to, they want to arrest his ass and he has to get past them too. So it's very Jace Fox, Batman year one, but those are the angles that I like seeing. And I think right now, especially for the how the seer is being portrayed here differently than other books, I like it's the way it's going here because it's creepier and scary. And I like this version of the story. So I don't know. I like seeing this, even though I wish that it felt like it was more connected to the rest of the Batman universe because it's, like you said at the beginning, it feels like it's going on concurrently in a weird pocket dimension where it's not exactly the way things are supposed to be. And the thing that I worry about, again, there's people who aren't liking this, who aren't reading it. They're just haters and don't want to, you know, for reasons that we don't really have to get into. But the idea, the thing that I'm worried about is that, yeah, this looks, this is almost like, you know, Batman year zero, you know, zero year with Jace, right? Well, in a month, he's going to go from that to year five. I mean, it looks like he's going to be the Batman in Gotham, at least. And I think that it might be too much of a jolt to the system where I wish that there was more of a play where we could have really eased into it a little more and gotten more of Jace himself. Because when you end up having Tyne and Lee, he has one more issue of Batman, then it seems like Williamson is taking Batman out of Gotham. And then I guess you're going to try to have it where Jace would say, okay, I got to be the Batman then. Batman's but it's gone. Still, you know, he's missing. Jace Batman year one where he's still trying to be the Batman all by himself yeah, now in a bigger is, jurisdiction. I think that they've even had some of the things. I, I don't know. for. I think that the Bat family goes along with them. So then you get that, like, not exactly year one or year zero anymore if the rest of them, if they're involved. And I think that it was a better play to keep it separate for a while so that we could see him doing this. Even if he was doing this, I don't know how well it would work, but not in Gotham. 
he's actually like almost like a his own initiative Midway of Batman City. Incorporated, where he's doing it somewhere else that needs it, right? And watch it out, Ivy Town. You got a new Batman around. Yeah, really. <laughs> there you well, that's go. a weird thing to say. Sure hey, is. Burnside, look at me. That's uh, just another district of Gotham. We don't I need know, that. but with that, it just another I, I want people to, you know, enjoy. I like Jace as a Batman. I like seeing him struggle, and he has a different take on I'm why you, he's doing just, it and stuff. But the idea from the end of last issue, where he goes and takes the faceplate off, because I like the idea too. The faceplate's there, so people can't see that he's a different Batman. That he's a black man. That he's different. But when you had that situation, the, the the people aren't afraid of him because he's Batman. You're not going to kill me. And he takes that plate off and says. I'm not the Batman you think I am. Scares the hell out of this guy because he's not playing by the, the rules that the guy thinks he's playing because he's a different person. But also, the seer filming this, sending it to the moral authority who want to call out this Batman because he's not the Batman they're afraid of who can kick their ass as far as so like It's this great double-edged sword situation where he is doing this thing like, you know, creating the fear but also taking the fear away because of the choices he makes to show that he is not the Batman that you know. And I'm like, I don't, I'll tell you, I don't exactly know how to talk about it. In a way that I can put a period on him, just I really appreciated this angle of this rookie Batman, and like you know, it's a con and, I don't and mind it's a pro it. form. I like it. I like. It. I just don't like the book as much. I like him a lot. I I end up reading it like, man, I really like this chase. I don't like the actual issues that I seem to be reading. Some parts are cool. This issue I thought was overlong, and with all of the crazy shooting and whatnot, was pretty boring. And just the idea of. Oh, I'm going to run and get that. Oh, no, he's shot. I'm going to go get. Oh, my God, I'm shot. Oh, you know, uh, Chase's mom, she's in trouble. You better go. Okay. Oh, we stopped her because she shot somebody. And by the end, I'm like, this was just a big fire. It's almost like watching heat. You know, I, I love the heat so back great, in the day. It's a great time. No, I'm saying if oh, I'm going to sit there and heat's watch. too long if you watch no, it anymore. I'm not going to watch that, you know, big scene every week or every month because I've seen it once. It's a lot of people shooting a lot of people. And by the end, I'm like, okay, what did I get from this? And in a this, I, again, I'm bored by the end of this. And then when you get this Arcadine, who was this big thing being killed in the cell, I'm like, oh, well, that didn't mean shit. And it's just Jeffrey Epstein. But it does mean and, shit because, you know, Jace is still going to get to the bottom of it because he was, you know, set up in order to go after him in order to get killed. And he still wants to find out why. But I think this is almost like the idea of like, eh, nobody really cares about that stuff. There's not, I don't feel like anybody, yeah, I see the haters, but I don't see anybody talking about this book in a way that I think anybody's even reading it. The idea of, I oh am. man, you got to <laughs> read this book because Jace is this, Jace is that. Too many people are against him for the first part. I like Jace, but the book itself, I don't think it's being well served for people to be like, oh, my God, I got to read this because it does feel like one of the fear state tie-ins that really isn't necessary at all because it feels, you know, separated Still from it. Still a better it. Batman replacement than John Paul Valley. Yeah, maybe. Now, also, as you mentioned her, too, the hell has Renee Montoya been doing? In the commissioner state. At one point, you ended up having the paperwork with your commissioner. Remember, remember the whole idea of like, hey, uh, what's going on? I have all this evidence. We got to get the scarecrow. She's thanks, Batman. And we haven't seen her since. She had the thing this. is, what she has to do, though, as we've seen, it hasn't worked out yet. She needs Sean Mahoney. Maybe she needs him. But the thing is, I don't think she's going to get him. And I don't think she is either. Yeah, I, I don't even think she's going to be seen coming up or whatnot but we'll see and, and again i think that this book i i just wish that it could be it could be a little separate that we could forget about this fear state nonsense with jace i get you it it's are. in gotham but 
it, but that makes it feels, it makes it feel weird, and it makes it feel well, forced when it call, probably Jim. isn't. That's the thing; it feels forced when it's not because it's just supposed to be Wish what it was going to be. This oh, no, was going to be something else. Yeah, I just. And I agree. That's the biggest detriment of the book is that it's supposed to be going on exactly the same time, which you want, but it doesn't feel like that. And you're getting a different version and of things going on at the same the time. Authority, I could care less. It's just the a idea bunch of the assholes. Authority, I think because they are a bunch of assholes who are like you know duped because of the idea of like you know this this code of personality situation. I like that because it's scary as hell, and I feel like it scares the shit out of me. I think it works well here. I just wish that it like you know. It worked out better because the Simon Saint that I see here, the seer that I see here is not the Simon Saint seer that I'm seeing in any other books. And because of that, I gave this issue a 7.8 out of 10. I'm going to 7. I, I still like Jace. I st- and I think the art's pretty good. I like when he gets really in the suit finally. It's really cool doing the kicks and the roundhouses and the splits like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Look at that. But yeah, I, I, I just over, overall at the end, I just end up with the same opinion every issue is. I kind of like this, Jace. I want to see more of him, but I want to see him in a different story than the one we're getting now. And whether that's because John Ridley's trying to force this into fear state, maybe I just don't like John Ridley's tone or, or Sorry, his I writing itself. I don't know. I don't, it can't happen right now because what we see in a future state. But I want that moment where, you know, Tanya Fox is all upset about what's going on here. But then you just have Luke and Jace here, and they're Batwing and Batman. Mom, we got something to tell you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Ah, cool. So you know, who knows? Of mine. Maybe we'll we'll revert things or divert things, and we'll end up being able to get some stuff like that that we want. Get out of the family. Yeah. By the end, like I said, I'm like, okay, I like this Jace. I want to see what he's got. He seems to have a different deal at, than Batman. It's not just a clone. So I, I like that, but just the story kind of bores me, and you know. I said the Jeffrey Epstein thing at the end. I kind of rolled my eyes like, really? That's what we did with the Argonine. It's it's so on the money. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't make it seem like he again, though. I like what I like to, you know, clean up my messes. He's in there. I guess they're going to say that he slid his wrist. But it does. Again, Jeffrey Epstein supposedly hung himself. So it's it's kind of the same. But in my mind, when I first saw him, like. Looks like he got shot a bunch of times. Like, how does that explain? Suicide. How is that explain? Looks uh, like he fell on a bunch of bullets again, that he I, kept yeah, in his really. bow. Yes, he did. Uh, I want people to check it out. Try it out and see what they I think. Dig it. And, and, yeah, so don't just go with, oh, I don't like it because I don't like it. Just try it out. Again, the character is pretty level cool. Batman. Go to the next book. Let more people try out this next book. I, I, I don't know why. Eric, because I'm not really loving this one either. Yeah, yeah, they do, I guess. What is it, Eric? The Joker number nine, written by James Town in the fourth, with a backup by Sam Johns, with art by Stefano, Stefano, Raphael, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Tom Napolitano, with the backup up up by Rosie Campy, Marissa Luis, and Aria Mayer. Jim Gordon and Vengeance make their way to the island of Majorca on the hunt for the Joker and the network that supports him. But when they catch up to their prey, they discover a deeper mystery that involves cloning, cannibalism, connections to the past, and a revelation that will rock Jim Gordon's life. A little of it that he has left. Also, a punchline backup. Yeah. Uh, with this, I, I get this deal, and this is the problem, even with the punchline backup, or the stuff that we have in Batman, Miracle Molly, even Clown Hunter, whatever. Do these characters and concepts continue after the tiny leaves? Uh, is anybody going to pick up these things? Because there's a very good chance that this all just is for this one story falls flat. We never see it again because DC gets which, mad which or part? they don't do it. 
the the idea at the end with the cloning and the idea with these all and even like I said, punchline or all the other characters and concepts are is anybody gonna continue? Because some of the stuff is pretty big and some of the stuff is real interesting, but it has a chance of never being mentioned again once Tynan leaves. And I think that there's some sure cool stuff. I, I don't know. The thing because is it's in continuity now because it's been put out there and stuff like that. So the idea that things have changed around to even the idea that, you know, connections to Santa Prisca dealing with Bane and the Venom serum and the idea that this Santa Prisca sold a cruise missile to the Joker that ended up when he killed, you know, Jason Todd back in the day, connecting all this different stuff. I'm like, but these are the things that he's connecting right now, sort of along the lines of what Jeff Johns does. But this is just done in like a the most boring way possible to present this information. But when you have these other things going on, like Vengeance, the daughter of Bane, and what Santa Prisca is doing with the idea of cloning and doing different things, not only just Santa Prisca, but the network in general, it adds a lot of things you can play with down the road, especially when the, you have a connection to the Court of Owls. Yeah, I just don't think that many people will reference it. It'll just go back to status quo and the deal. It is cool when you see some things, but boy, it is boring to read. And this is the classic James Tynan of, Oh shit, I gotta get some stuff out there. Let's just do it through narration and, and also recap. I mean, you go through the greatest hits in like three pages. Hey, Jim, it's did like, you know that Jim Gordon was upset about the idea that the Joker showed up at his door and shot his daughter in the spine? Killed his second wife, Sarah? Did you know this? Because he said it a million times so far, but he's reiterating. Uh, also, they're, re- they're recapping pretty much the best-selling DC book of all time, The Killing Joke. I think they Joke. even say that in the that freaking The bone-chilling classic, Batman, The Killing <laughs> Joke. I'm like, hell you say. You go back about five years, they weren't saying that at one I point. Was. That book was being canceled, but Not it's back, right? It, it sells that and Watchmen sell are usually the best trade sales every month for DC. So, yeah, I think people know about that. But you're getting this weird recap. And like you said, Oh, did you know that the Joker ended up shooting Barbara? And then like, oh, okay. Oh, did you know? And there's some continuity stuff that's pretty cool, you know, about his second wife stuff like that with Sarah. Well, we've S with that and, though. Yeah, I know, but at but least when you tie you in the go, idea that you know Santa Prisca and what they were up to at the time with the, you know, you have Julia Pennyworth who's still in Santa Prisca doing some her best James Bond's espionage things, where she is going through the hard copies of what Santa Prisca has right there finding out there's all these different connections between Bane, Vengeance, the idea of the Venom like being made even for the first appearance of Venom when Batman decided he needed an edge with that idea where it's a concoction made to be an even more addictive version of Miraclo and stuff like that, going back to that Bane itself and then finding out that there was a connection between that island country and the death of Jason Todd connected to the Joker. Yeah, I didn't like that. I thought that was too much. But there could be even bigger ramifications going on this little like, you know, like uh, thrown out concept. Would you have laughed that they had a picture of the Joker and the Ayatollah there hugging like back in the day? That, that was right? just the worst like lead up. Like after after the Joker got away with killing Jason Todd right there, and he would show up in his Ayatollah of rock and roll, <laughs> Ayatollah freaking like you know, head like I don't even Didn't know you what like the turban. Like, no, it wasn't a turban. It was just like you know one of those long like things where it like hang okay, down. Okay, I know what you're head. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know what they're called it, either. I'm but... like, oh, just him having diplomatic immunity. I'm like, this is horseshit. You didn't like that. Uh, I, I ended what up. What a strange like, oh, way to follow up the death in the family. But it, it's a weird deal where it's James Tynan giving you this this recap, but telling you more, like you said, the connections and whatnot. But it almost feels like he's like, yeah, this issue is going to have a little bit of a boring kind of tone to it. 
So let's show the classics. And that's kind of what I didn't like. Well, about that's the it. thing like is you said, because we, you're spending pages with Vengeance and Jim Gordon driving to a villa on Morjaka here to find the Joker and somebody involved in the network, Dr. Friedrich Baum. I don't even know if they're actually dealing with Dr. Friedrich Baum. I know that uh, Jim Gordon wants to take out the network because of Madam Halloween and Interpol that we had previously. Vengeance just wants to kill the Joker, but she wants to make sure that she's doing it for her own reasons and not pre-programmed clone reasons. And I'm like... There's a lot of stuff going on here, and we have ourselves a boring, long drive on this island where Jim is recapping his greatest fucking regrets Maybe to himself. Maybe that's what you're doing. You're making it so forever. that we're as bored as vengeance. <laughs> and he's just like, well, do I need to know like this You shit. are dealing with cool stuff here, and especially when the time you get to Dr. Friedrich Baum's villa and the Joker is there, and we get to find out what the network and this doctor have been up to. This is some big fucking things going on. And then by the end, when you find out other things, when Barbara calls or when Jim calls Barbara – gigantic things and tying back to the Sanderson family. Love all this stuff. Half the issue, not half the issue, that's an exaggeration, but getting to this point where things turn out really cool takes fucking forever, and it's yeah, just it that does. yellow narration box that is telling you things. If you are a Batman slash Joker fan, you already know. Yeah, you already know. If you're if you're reading it this that, long, you've already been told, Batman, too. If you've read the series so far. Yeah, that's the problem. We're in issue nine, and if you've read the series, you know this. If you're already a fan, of Joker, Batman, all that You know this, and that pretty much should take care Of 99.9% of everybody Reading this issue, it felt weird And just like that last reminder And this is ending at issue 14 uh, I ended up looking it up And that was announced, I think James that we Tynan thought it was the series? Well, he says he's out We don't know if it's originally he said or 17, not. and now it looks like you said It's gone to 14 We were wrong, he never said 17 Okay, I thought I heard 17 No, it was always 14 So he ended up where that's how that's going to end Because I, I thought it was a long time Now, the original announcement, everything was always 14 It seems, I looked today And, uh yeah, so you're you're on the final run, which they even say in this. Oops, seems like we're at the end game. We're gonna go here, and yeah, you get a lot of things thrown at you. Maybe maybe too much for for this issue, and maybe you could have gotten rid of that recap and maybe delved into some other. I don't know, but when you get to the point where you find out that there's these clones that are being made, this guy is like he's Dr. an artist. Bomb, yeah, this bomb freaking, is a artist. He is this right? doctor. For the network, who is an organization that, like, you know, we saw before that the network was supposedly an organization that used, like, you know, a loud criminal sanctuary when they're, like, you know, done their big Joker wars, like we see here, going off and, like, being given sanctuary by these different things. But the network actually seems deeper here where they're doing a lot of stuff that the Joker doesn't want. I don't think that the Joker is something they really care for, but they are doing stuff outside of the criminal elements. Like, it seemed before that in order for the network to do anything, they needed a villainous client to come along and do something like, hey, we need the network. It seems like the network has its own machinations in the background that are fucking darker and deeper than you could ever imagine to the point where they are making homegrown supervillains. Well, it starts out small where Dr. Friedrich Baum talks about the idea. Let's just say that Jim Warner, he gets, you know, arrested for human trafficking and is sent to prison. And they're like, oh, man, we don't want him to talk about things or, you know, do things. So what we're going to do is we're going to clone his little ass and we're going to freaking switch him out there and make sure that, that clone that we genetically engineered dies from a heart attack a week from now. So everybody thinks that human trafficking Jim Warner over there, he died and we don't have to worry about his rape well, and ass in no that, more. in that situation, oh, Jim that would be, oh, Jim Warner better have the money to do that because I don't think that they're going to care about me and will just kill me. But yes. the idea of I'm a super, like I'm a guy who has a lot of money and I get, you know, whatever. You what don't want to be in jail. Yeah, you get to make these. It, it is a weird play. Like you're saying this and you're saying, okay, me, Jim Warner, the monster. But really the way you're trying to get it, it's like, 
So what, like the scarecrow goes in, but then you make a clone, but the scarecrow, you can't really say he's dead. It, it well, no, just didn't play is, out as good with me. It's one of those me. things that actually works well because I don't, I don't have a specific call out right now, but it's one of those things you see all the time where a villain supposedly dies and then like two years later he pops back up and you have a convoluted reason for this happens this way or that way. Because they say that once they get that death, then they alter that person's and image yeah. and do that. So it's not really the villain coming back because we wouldn't recognize them. It wouldn't be the same. But you get that. It's a weird way. I'm telling you, it has that feel of, oh, that's cool. That explains the three Jokers even, or that would explain oh, that. You know what, but you it know never gets is, that far. It, I, it actually is a little convoluted. In the I deal. looked this up just because I was wondering why I had that 17 stuck in my head for the Joker. It's just that my dyslexic ass flipped things where he's leaving Batman. No, no, he's leaving Batman at uh, one, like that's 117. What it is, 117. I'm and telling the, you, both me and you thought it. Me and you both had said it a bunch of times. That's yeah. why I ended up like, this seems like it's getting closer to the end, but we still have like, you know, five issues. Yeah. But with all of that, and it may continue. And if it does, I, if the bets are on that it would be Matthew Rosenberg, who seems to be like his little buddy I can see that, that. that continues things. But would it have the oomph anymore? It is selling great. So the I think they want to continue. As long as you it. have an idea of what time and planned on doing, and you're going to continue on with the idea, whether you do it or not. Right now, we have a lot of big things going on with the hunt for the Joker, the Samson family looking for revenge, all of Santa Prisca looking for revenge, including the clone daughter of Bentham. You have a lot to play with. And then the Court of Owls on top of that, and then actually using the network to clone James Gordon Jr. and make him a fucking... Like, you have so much material to play with right yeah, now. Yeah, but as I don't only, think and, that people and, would read even, that until issue is, 30. Even if you don't want to spend half an issue with Jim Gordon telling you his greatest regrets, you have plenty of stuff going on here. Here's the thing, though. I would guess that most people are reading the story that James Tynan will finish this one. You know, the idea of what Gordon's doing. And then if he leaves, it's a great jumping off point for everybody. And I don't think it would sell no matter who would end up by, you know, who end up taking it. it was Matthew Rosenberg. I don't think people would continue. They would use that as a jumping on point. I ended up, hey, I got my story. I'm out. If they're like, yeah, but we're going to deal with the clones. And then, eh, fuck that. And that isn't even a Joker story. You got to get back to the Joker eventually if you're going to continue anyway. Well, There's the some big right ideas there. the Joker here, though. right here, it, like it seems even bigger in my mind from this, besides for the A Day stuff where it's going to be hunt down because. At the end of this issue, you have the Samson family come back in and take out the Joker, trank him up, make sure that we can get him back because his ass is getting back to Texas where their granddaddy, the oh, patriarch yeah. of the well, family, is going to eat his ass. But the thing is, once we get past that, when we have this whole Majorca freaking uh, laboratory network going on here, where you have this overall network that wants for some reason to make these homegrown supervillains that they want to you know, test out in Gotham like the Banes and stuff like that to show up as a proving ground for their product and all of a sudden start selling these you know, pre-programmed clones to different countries, they're trying to make the Joker. And the Joker... Yeah, but they despite, can't, they Hold say. on, despite of what we have seen in the three Jokers where he would never want a clone or another version of himself, I'm telling you, I'm reading him saying, I would never want this, I'm like... Bitch, I read the three Jokers a year ago. You were fine with it, but he, he killed the other ones off for the most part. But because of his bleached skin and what happened to him with the acid bath, they cannot clone him because his DNA is completely fucked up. But they have a lot of alien resurrection Ridley monstrosities like in that movie of him. They're trying to do this. And I think with that, the Joker would be so offended like we see here. He is going to go and systematically take out everybody involved in this because he is not having fun with this joke on him. Yeah, I just if you're going to do that and and have that story uh, suddenly pick up in issue 15 and then go on again, I don't think people would be that interested in it. I but would. then 
And also, I think that all these people die in this story anyway, and this place probably gets burnt down to the but ground. But you still have an entire worldwide network, generals, kings, all the people that the network works with and even makes these clone people as a human body farm for people like the Samsons who like chopping on freaking biceps oh, and again, fucking nipples. I don't think that that's – if the Joker's mad, the he's mad that they're trying to make people. him – Biceps and nipples. Yeah, I don't think that the Joker cares one bit about the But we're taking that down idea. as well. Yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to be but like, Jim oh, i got to stop might. that. Well, Jim Gordon might, but are you going to continue this book he's with a, just he, being he's a, our main a character. Jim Gordon? I think that when this story's over, he's done. That's why I think that this is a contained story. When this is over, time and leaves, it's just done. They end up, all right, we're done with this, and we'll go because... you got plenty of stuff going on in my mind that I want to see. Yeah, but it's not Joker stuff. This book is the Joker. If you're well, going to do anything... it's Joker stuff, no, I'm and I've been cool with you, it. You can't keep that going on to then pretty much have no Joker and have a new writer come in that wasn't doing it. People are just going to bail. And with that, there still isn't enough Joker in this book, but at least this issue, you have something big where he does get captured by the Samsons, and they don't like the cloned meat. That they're getting it doesn't have the taste of fear. Oh, you need that taste of fear of the hunting. Again, you know, we've pretty much much pushed aside the idea that this is hardly a Joker book. But if you're going to continue after this story and then just like, eh, Joker, you're out of this. this, Maybe you can pick up some things in another book that will tie, you know, something else in. But I think Gordon just tells Batman about this organ and then it gets taken down. They just destroy it. And we'll see. And if well, even that, reference. let's say, like, you know, at this point in time where we have, you know, Jim Gordon here, we have Dr. Bomb and the Joker all around. Vengeance, who has a kill switch that he says it will knock her out for about five minutes and she'll be reactivated. And she's, as far as she, like, Dr. Bomb's, like, uh, thinks, she will be under his control and she'll make him kill the Joker and, you know, and, uh, Jim Gordon. But he hears this going on. But it turns out the Samson family's there. They killed Dr. Bomb, trank up, you know, Trank up Jim Gordon to, I mean, I, no, no, I'm sorry. Trank up the Joker and stab Jim Gordon in the freaking chest with a knife. And he's dying right there to the point where he passes out and vengeance comes. Where is he? And then leaves him there. I'm like, sorry, can't do shit with you. Fuck off, Jim Gordon. To where he calls up Barbara looking for help and like, hey, dad, is that you? Got that weirdest story. Remember that talent that attacked us? Turns out it has freaking James Gordon Jr.'s DNA. I'm like, that's some crazy shit. So, but the thing is. With this not being a Joker story for everything that I want going on in the future after James Tynan leaves, if Jim Gordon does survive this and does, obviously, in my mind, he will, but goes back and does this whole James Gordon Jr. thing with the Talons Court of the Alchemy, we have to go back to Cressida Clark still, who put him up to this whole Joker hunt to begin with, tying that around to the Joker being at least part of the story and how, for some reason, Jim Gordon blames the Joker for his son's death, even though it's a forced situation, but he does. We still have an element of the Joker continuing on with a Jim Gordon led Joker story. Yeah. I, again, I would get, I, I just think and I want to read it. The big worry, I, I don't think we'll get it. I really don't think that when James, when James Tynan leaves, James Tynan, a pretty big writer. I mean, he has the four or five top books from DC. I think that the big thing would be to be afraid of if he's not on these books anymore, people are just going to bail. So why? You know, go, let's tie this up, let's go, and then let's get on with something new, possibly. We'll see. But nothing's been announced yet, and it's weird because a lot of the other books have been spelled out. Either he's staying on them like a DC versus vampires. He's actually going to co-write yeah. that the whole time with Matthew Rosenberg. Or stuff like, uh, I think that the uh, the house on the lake or whatever, that's just going to tie up. And, and right. so I, I just wonder why they're not announcing anything yet. Maybe they just want to... 
make it so that you just keep buying this hope that it continues but we'll be coming up we'll be getting the i think february solicits coming well, up isn't this one of the top sellers right now it's like number four or five. Okay, yes, so right the there, deal. you have that. Let's just say it continues on being number four and five. I don't think you want to end that just for the idea. Well, sales might taper off. You let them taper off until you end it. No, I'm saying, though, but you also don't want to get it where the point where you get Matthew Rosenberg on and you commit to six issues and immediately it goes down 40000 because people just were reading James Stein and, and since he left, they bail. That's and still now money, stuck though. with a book. But I'm saying then now you get like 20000 uh, you know, if it goes down, because it is still going down, it's not maintaining. It's I forget yeah. what it is. I had the deal, but by the time it ends, it might be like fifty thousand or something right. sales. You get somebody else, it might just drop right to twenty five and then go down to sixteen. And it, it you get that thing where I think that this is people are buying it because yeah, it's the Joker, but it's also Tynan, and he's leaving Batman. You don't have that problem because it's Batman. But this book might be something a little bit different. I don't know, but it's weird that they haven't announced. You know what the deal is so far if they are going to continue it with somebody else they're being a little coy with the whole thing but it is it's selling i mean the last issue number seven sold seventy six thousand, so it's actually selling really well but i guess Two they, issues have to, then. they have to yeah that's the only sales that are yeah. up yet so you have to just worry okay would that be the jumping off point for people it would be like you know if they continued you know, some Jeff Johns thing, and you're reading it for Jeff Johns, and then he leaves, you leave. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I the don't thing know. is, for the most part, as a comic book collector, I never really just pick up a title for the writer. I pick it up for the character or the stories. No, because you were collecting the thing. A lot of people, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious where you have people are buying James Tynan books. They're buying, And that's it's different now. When you were collecting, it's different. You have where we say Tom King. There's Tom King fans. They just buy Tom King, and there's forty thousand of them, and they buy that. They don't care if he gets on a book. If he jumps on Catwoman, they're just gonna suddenly buy. Like that. The thing is, even then, like, oh, there's the new Fifty Two World's Finest with Power Girl and Huntress. I'm waiting for this shit to get good for two years. It never did, but because I like those characters, I kept going. And I'm saying it may continue, may get better. Maybe you will get. Oh, that Savage Rosemary. Hawk Man and the Firestorm, the Nuclear Men. <laughs> I'm just, it's its a weird book that you. feels like a Titan story. It feels like it, it always feels like a mini. Titans, Jim. I know. It's it was terrible. Like, Superboy. And uh, so we'll see. But it is selling. Yeah. So maybe they'll just and be I'm like, oh, let's Except for that it. strange, boring yeah, presentation of it as as at the beginning. I, I've been bored throughout. I haven't really been that into it. We ended up having issues where, oh, the Samson family. I'm like. The hell is this? Is what Glad book is this? You know, all this. I mean, it ends up where at least we get some Joker here, and that's fine. Well, the but, thing yeah. is, even coming out of this, what, what they did to Buddy Sawyer, though, like the brother sister duo, and messed his face up to the point where he's going like his uncle, his uh, like you know, his great uncle, putting on that mask. Like you can probably, if this moves along, do something with this character, continue on with the Samson family, or at least Buddy Samson to a degree where he is still a scary character somewhere. You know, I'm telling you, Blue Beetle, he lives in Texas. Fucking good. Let's have in the thing. I say that, but, you know, there's Jaime Reyes, like, going against him, just a, a leather face, just blast him. <laughs> yeah, just blast him down. I, I done don't and know. Done and done. Oh, this feels like its own thing. It feels self-contained and feels like it should have been, like, a mini-series. It should have been a 12-issue deal and always has, to me, felt like a limited series, not a ongoing well, title. because it's a Joker book dealing with Jim Gordon, which it seems like a strange premise, but it's worked for me so far because they're doing interesting things that are going off of like A-Day. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just everything. Just it just kind of bores me by the end. And maybe I'm just sick of Joker. I don't know. But what did you get, Chris? Oh no, we still have the punchline backup, oh, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but we and have... there's a punchline. I love punchline. I, I hear. heard that. But we have Kelly Ness, who used to pal around with you know Alistair and Punchline back in high school before you know she went all dark and Joker like. But it turns out throughout this whole thing, she has always been this manipulative piece of crap who. Possibly he's been killing people with her fr- their friend Alistair since high school because they have like, you know, a bunch of yearbooks with names X She was a mean girl. Who was, and who was ever mean to them? She was a mean girl too. And this seems like a weird situation because like their main Joker story, you have a lot of information being told, a lot of background on, you know, Kelly Ness and Alistair and, you know, Alexis K here, which you want to find out, but it's told in the most boring way possible, like the beginning of the Joker, where we're just sitting around talking and wondering to ourselves whether or not Punchline knows that Harper Rowe is Bluebird and if this is going to blow the entire case because Harper went and broke into prison. And, and again, we're back to this trial and if it's going to blow the case because they won't have the evidence and things like that. It would that, just be that, a mistrial where you're going and like, tampering yeah, I mean, with the well, freaking like, the person the and all this different stuff. But I don't know what they're trying to tell me by the end because it almost seems like I, I swear it's going to be this weird thing that I'm – just when you have this picture, this year of a picture where you have Kelly Ness talking about how – you don't understand how things actually work. It almost seems like Alistair and Alexis K, who is Punchline, switch places, and uh, Alistair is actually Punchline. I'm telling you, there's, when, it, when it ended on this weird picture thing where you have them looking very similar, Alexis and Alistair with the black hair and stuff like that, I'm like, are you supposed to be telling me that possibly it's this weird sleepaway camp situation? Because I don't know, and I don't know. What I would have trying thought they would have checked her when she went to the women's prison. But in Black I don't Gate, know. But... That's the thing is, but the whole thing where it just gets down to like, oh, Orca is going to get you know, fucking shit on by Punchline because Punchline knows that she helped Harper and uh, and Kelly Ness escape Black Gate Penitentiary, and again, it just goes back to Black Gate. At least the women's ward being the worst prison in the world for how everybody was just able to get out. Yeah, I have a feeling that by the end of this, they're going to end up and Punchline will disappear. And we won't know if she'll ever come back. And maybe she will, maybe she won't. That she'll just end up disappearing. And that's that. Because these these backups are meandering. And this one, like you said, with just the info. Oh, my God. Does she know you're Bluebird? Well, she said Harper. But then she said Bluebird. Did she? Did When did you hear I that? Oh, I heard her really say that. To and tell I think me they're this. going there. And then I think she said Bluebird in front of some people, but I'm not sure if they heard her. Maybe she was sending code. I think that she knew that she wanted me to know. I don't know. It seems <laughs> odd, though, for everything that we had leading into this with the idea of, you know, the Alexis K punchline, you know, like podcast of people hearing about who she was and what she was doing. But then adding on this Alistair, like best friend who was just – Never been talked about. Just showed up at like at the beginning of this whole thing, kind of screwed over Harper Row and ran away. But I don't understand this connection. Is out of nowhereness where it's supposed to like take it as he's important now, just because Kelly Ness is continuing on with like, yeah, we're friends in high school. He was a bad dude. She was a bad girl. I would try. They were circling people in the in the yearbooks, and then they disappeared. But then they got killed later, and then they were disappeared. Yeah, and then Orca's in trouble. But again, it's a punchline backup that's been meandering around, not being told in a very great way this issue. But if you're in the punchline, you're in the punchline. I'm not really here for this. Like in the Action Comics later on, I'm not going to be really thinking about the Tales of Metropolis backup, even though it is there. It's not what I'm buying the book for. 
this is better than the Guardian thing in the Tales of Metropolis, I would maybe, but no, I think it is. But yeah, I think it is too because it feels like it's more important than that. Yeah, this feels a little bit, and also it feels like there's been a little progression. You go and okay, let's see what's going, but it does feel way more important. What would you give this overall? Thing is, I like both the art in the main story and the backup, and uh, like you know, if you're in here for punchline, you're in here for punchline. You get a little bit at least some background. Not enough much in my mind to satiate the fucking time waiting for getting you know. Finding out who Alexis K really is in high school, leading into her being the the uh, sidekick of the Joker during the Joker War. The Joker story, I think, is really cool, especially by the end with all the information we got tying things in previously to what's going on now, to the death of Robin, the creation of the Venom formula, Bane itself, Bane's clone, Vengeance. It's a lot of cool stuff. It's just that getting to these really cool points that will lead us to a really cool place in the Samson family home back in Texas had to be told in the most boring way possible on a freaking car ride as Jim Gordon's musing to himself about, man, it was really shitty when Joker shot my daughter and killed my wife for the umpteenth time. But I'll give this a 7 out of 10, even with that. I'm going to go 6-5. I do like the art. Like you said, the punchline thing, if you're into it and you're continuing it, it's going slow. But the idea of the trial and this evidence stuff, whatnot, I just think that the Joker story just is the typical James Tynan. And usually... Tynan, even when he's not leaving DC, he doesn't really tie up things very well. I mean, like first victim, stuff like that. Also, he loves to make characters. He loves to throw out crazy concepts, ad nauseum. And I just want a Joker book. Yeah, this stuff feels cool, but I don't know that this is the book that you needed to connect Santa Prisca with the killing of Jason Todd out of nowhere. And I think that, again, He's added a bunch of these characters like he does in every book. He he adds tons of concepts, and the book now feels way overloaded for what I thought we were going to get. Even the idea of a chase down of the Joker, who gets him? It's a mad, mad, mad Joker world type deal. Now you have so many things that, again, if if he was continuing, you're right, that some of these things feel like, man, that could be cool. You could actually have three, four books come out of like this. Like right there, do we have the connection to the Court of Owls because they want Jim Gordon to kill the Joker before he gets to the network because right now the network's supplying them with new bodies for their talents. But again, we don't know if this is just a personal thing and it's even the Court of Owls or is this Cressida doing it besides the fact but disguising it. The, the thing is, most of the time, Tynan, he doesn't have a great track record of tying things up like that. And you see some things like that even in the Batman book as he's leaving. And this is like a, a hard leave more than – but he's had things like this that I just think he over – you know, he puts too much stuff going on in the book and he loses track of the actual story and what he set out to do in the original bit of it. And that's how I feel. This is too – it's too overblown. It's too padded and bloated. The things seem cool, and we'll see if they are, you know, referenced in the next five issues. Uh, but I have my doubts, but I'll go 6-5. But that's about what I've been for every issue. I, I haven't been really the biggest fan of this book, and most of the times I just end up getting bored when I thought that this would be a pretty cool book that would keep my interest and stuff like that. But that's kind of a timing thing. So we'll go off now. Take a little break, and then we'll be back with three more books to end the podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about Batman, the audio adventures from HBO Max. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. 
Join the Cape Crusader in Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. Starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums, this rollicking adventure told across 10 episodes is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas, includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. So go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman The Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap, spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. Ah, oh, yes, that is Eric Shea. And here I am with Eric Shea. Pretty soon your birthday is going to be coming up. And I have been working on maybe getting some of your heroes, Eric, to wish you birthday Shazam? wishes. Way do you hear these things? Oh, my goodness. Hawkman, Firestorm? Possibly. Kyle Rayner? Maybe a little Tim different. Drake? But maybe. Because remember Connor way Kim? back. Remember when way back I had all those birthday wishes from people oh, yeah. like Dan DeDio and stuff? This might be better. Yeah, I've already been with that. That song reminded me of it. It's the only reason I brought it up. But I just want people to start wishing you happy birthday, like right now, for months. Now that'd be awesome. For months, yeah, for months. You know, you you get to celebrate more than most of us because you are America's sweetheart, as true. I've been told. I don't know who told me Up that. Up to the but play, don't run. Somebody did there. But here we go. We have three more books to end this podcast. And I said earlier that each book better than the last, and somehow I've been kind of a miserable prick. So I took some happy pills. Well, I end up, you know, I I just, I want something to knock the pants off of me, Eric, so that I can then wash them because I haven't in a while. But nothing has been knocking the pants. I said to you before we recorded this section, this, this week of books, it's okay. It's just kind of just there. It's like mid-level stuff and everything. I need to have that, like, Really wow book And I Tweedle will point D out and, Tweedle dumb. Well, the, and that's the thing I actually Going back to that Was going to ask you Can I count that As my book of the week Because I may anyway I may throw the rules To the wind Eric And say that that's My book of the week But I just think you don't Know what it is Well what my book of the week I have no idea I, I think everything Has been a 6-5 and a 7 In my mind They're all the books Of the week Eric Very weak But what are we starting With this section with Action Comics number 1036, written by Phil Kennedy Johnson, with backup by Sean Lewis of RFI, Daniel Sampier, Adriana Lucas, Dave Sharp, with the backup are Sammy Bassery and Hi-Fi, and also Dave Sharp. Superman and the Authority make their way to War World, where we figure out what Philip Kennedy Johnson is going to do to make Mongol more of a threat to Superman instead of him simply being a punching bag, like we've seen for so long now. And while the scope of the character has definitely grown, it looks like it's grown more into Thanos than anything, and the rest of the issue is trying up the events of Superman and Authority to try and make everything make as much sense as it can. Also, a Tales of Metropolis backup. Yikes, that it's backup, funny. holy moly. Because even in my little blurb there, I didn't mention it all, because I just wanted to talk about the Superman aspects of this book, because it is the most, like, you know, the biggest part of the issue in my mind, but the biggest part of the issue for me is the thing that we start the issue out with, and... 
don't do anything with because we have to deal with, you know, war world bullshit. But when you go to like the, like the Durland home planet and have the idea that, Hey, we heard this thing where, you know, Superman's going to world world and he's going to be helping out the Philosians and the Lord premier Theros, when he hears the world Philosians, he does like, he's, he's He wants to shoot the goddamn messengers. What he wants oh to do. My God. Don't you ever fucking say that name to me again. Don't ever fucking say that you heard that name from anybody on this planet ever again. And the idea that we have these, pseudo kryptonians this breakaway civilization from krypton who, who call themselves the philosians now it seems to me that we're almost going back to the idea of that green lantern uprising story that we had during the new 52 where we had the durlins infiltrating all these different things you had the kund war you had the durlins going on but their whole big plan was to figure out a way to change like you know shapeshift as the durlins do into the daxamites and actually get rid of that lead poisoning situation that they have so they can be the biggest strongest motherfuckers in the galaxy and take over everything so when you have an idea that you go back to this durlin homeworld and see the lord premier flip the hell out about this idea of this maybe suit i'm telling you i'm jumping at like straws here because this compels the hell out of me but possibly a pseudo durlin experiment from years ago that they were trying to do kryptonian shit then it might have been failed and I'm like, might I want to know more about that because that's cool. compelling. Yeah, it is. Now, again, here's the thing. And, and maybe the theme this week for me is the idea of big ideas being told in kind of boring ways. And I even that I did like that beginning, but it's told in a kind of a, a plotting way. I'm writing in the book. I have a very much narration. You end up having the. You know, shoot the messenger, and and that is a deep cut. If it's what you're saying is true, that's, that's awesome. What it made me think but of it's at least. such a deep cut that most people won't get. So it may be, but if that is what it is, and that's the reveal at the end, I don't know that most people have just said, "What?" Like you'd be fired up, you're like, I "Oh am. my god, this is great!" Because that's more of a, like you said, a Green Lantern thing from the past, really. But it does tie into the Dark. It's only like you know, like what, six, but, seven years old at this but point. But I'm now. saying nobody remembers that. You're you're the only it's one. That, cool. but, but it is cool, and I think that it is a neat thing. But again, it's kind of being told. And I I said Philip Kenny Johnson to me when he writes, I like a lot of the concepts, and I actually like this action comics deal maybe a little bit more than you. I'm not even counting that Guardian deal. That will affect my score a bit, but. The idea of what's going on here. What you got against digital demons and fucking, you know, stopping drug addicts? And I'm going to freaking just put a spit on this where I'm trying to throw trash at you, but I can't even keep a straight face. Yeah, it's just, it's so what do you got against digital demons in the dark web, Jim? It's fucking all shit, but it's the best guardian you're getting right it, now. Yeah, really. I, I appreciate that Philip Kenny Johnson. He's taken maybe a little too much time. And when I was talking to people about this, this book, again, is not selling. We don't really this this episode we're bringing up sales a lot more than we usually do but i think that it's something to bring up for this action comics is selling 28 to twenty-seven thousand a month that's terrible it's not good for a superman book especially in action comics i don't get that this this story is really accessible to people to try to get them on board hey you gotta check out this mongol deal now it seems like philip kenny johnson might be trying the idea of well maybe i'll make Mongol into Thanos, which is funny because when Thanos first came out originally, people thought that he was a play on Mongol, then later Dark Side, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But still, he always seemed to be going, like the DC representative of uh, like uh, Th- uh, Thanos and stuff like that, or vice versa, whoever came first, more than Dark Side ever was. Yeah, well, you end up where if you do look up and back in the day and some things, there are articles about how Thanos is basically the Marvel version of Mongol. So you're yeah. kind of reversing that because Thanos is a lot bigger now. 
not because Mongol's a bad character, but because he's been a punching bag, like you said. He usually just shows up to get punched by Superman, and that's that. Well, so even you in end the up- death of Superman, though, you had, you know, Mongol, who was this big threat when he was, like, first presented in, like, you know, DC Comics Presents and stuff like that, with the idea of the war world, which is, and then, was, in my mind, was elevated later on when Brainiac took control of it, but... Mongol himself as being this lone being kind of thing, like didn't really have the species as you know. Now it's the War Zunes, which was never the case before, but it is now. But anyway, even when he showed up for the death of Superman, he was almost kind of the lackey to cyborg Superman in my mind for the machinations of what they wanted to do, where he is like for the longest time, he should be this larger like character. Then later on when they wanted to do this and you had, you know, Mongol 2 and his sister Mongal, the children of Mongol and then Mongol 2 went and killed his father, usurped his, the, the, the theme, the title of Mongol itself. And they were supposed to be a bigger, stronger Mongol, something to actually pose a threat to Superman again. And for a while he was, but... You know, recently, if you've been reading DC Comics, Mongo was just the foil that Bendis would throw into a Superman book when you need to have a splash page of Superman punching somebody. And even when you had War World showing up towards the end of his run, it's just Superman went up there and said, fuck this and this broke it in one punch. I'm like, it was always nothing. So when Philip Kennedy Johnson comes in and wants to make a character that I enjoy as a Superman foe, big again, I want to see it, but... It's just almost the emperor now, and it's you're always going to be dealing with these other things. And when you see when we get to War World, where you're making the idea of World World bigger, where he has slaves and different things, different, you know, it's it's a Death Star now, where you have all this different stuff that you never thought about going on within this planet-sized thing, and you never think about. We saw it in Future State, but when you see his lieutenants come around and like. Oh, these are the characters of the Black it's the Order. Black Order. And it's, it's I, I don't know a lot of Marvel Black Order like comic book things, but when I look at this, and from what I know of the characters from like you know Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, and I can recognize them from that in this, I'm like, that's a problem. Well, and the problem in my mind because this story has slowly been built up since you know you ended up having Philip Kenny Johnson go on. You've seen little snippets of Mongol whatnot, but. It's been like eight issues. But even now when he makes his on. mark on the Durlin homeworld here and says stuff about the planet and the, the language, like he's making this whole thing. Even the way the Durlins look don't look like the way the Durlins should look in my mind. He's putting his own personal stamp and changing things in my mind. It feels weird. And I, I, I like that he's trying to up the ante from, I mean, just recently we had Last Ride. It's out of continuity, whatnot, because you told me it's seven issues. Paper time. But also, Mongol showed up and got kicked back into space like a chump. Like, that's all he has. So I I appreciate this big bad. And you aren't just, you aren't just making your own new character. You're not making a Rogozar or a Shinmar. You're actually doing something and elevating them, even if you are changing. The history of it, but it's an infinite frontier. You could do what you want, and that's cool. The thing that I'm saying, though, is, is this something that is going to impress? Like, are people, I got to read that Mongol story. No, and it's not selling. And I worry that they're going to start doing a lot of wackiness to try to get things going. Hopefully not, but again, maybe they need to because this starts the War World saga. This is part one, but like I said, we've been seeing it's been leading up to that, and the book is just. It's it's failing. And I don't know that having, okay, Mongol Thanos now Black Order, because whatever, that's okay, it's bad, whatever. It I what don't think is. that that's going to make anybody not buy the book, but is it going to make people buy it? And I, I feel like the story in Philip Kennedy Johnson himself is just a bit of a plotting deal. You know, you end up getting some big ideas like the drilling stuff, but it, it's put across in kind of a boring way where it shouldn't be. This should be a full-out action movie. You have Superman going to War World with the Authority. 
And by the end, I like the issue because of what he's trying to do and what we do get, but I'm not excited about it. I don't need to read the next issue right away. I don't feel like, oh, my God, I'm all jazzed up here. I got to settle down. I just go, all right, there you go. And I'm just not able to really, really get behind this. Also, at a point where a lot of people are, you know, either yelling or whatever, but the hype is for the Superman Son of Kal-El book. So you're fighting that as well. And and I just, I wish that this had more of a spark to it uh, because there does seem to be some cool ideas and a new vision of certain characters that you may not like. You get a little, you know, upset about the Warzone stuff, but at least he's doing his own thing. He's not. You know, doing nonsense, I guess, but it is kind of nonsense. I don't know. Well, maybe but, it's just a personal thing because when I look at like you know Mongo and stuff like that, and realize like, all right, Mongo has a whole bunch of war zones, so we're, we're calling his race now, and they're all on here. You got fucking like the the previous Mongols and chains, not got arms or legs, or whatever kind of nonsense you do. You have like you know war zones all over this place, but Mongol is the title of their king essentially, and like that could be fine and well and stuff like be. that, but. For I mean, it's just my own personal headcanon, but leading up to this, like, you know, I wanted him to be this lone figure that was one of the, like, you know, the seven devils from, like, Thanagar with, like, Anamar Sim because of how similar they look. And you could expand upon that, like, the reason you never saw all these different mangos except for his kids and Ooh, stuff they like were that. never in the same room. Is that and, what you- and no, it's I- just like you had one of these things that were, like, you know, that the Thanagarian, like, you know religion was based off but you never realized that mongo was a part of it to some degree that's right this is my own headcanon that i made up just because animar said and mongo looks so similar in my mind but when you show up here and you have superman you have the authority and they're gonna fucking take it to the goddamn war world streets and i'm like yeah and i'm like we're gonna learn all of this great stuff and i'm sitting myself as they're getting to the planet and superman's fucking crying but i was like so uh what do we really know about this new OMAC or the tangent universe flash that goes by light ray and stuff like that? And like, what's their background? Why are they here? Why are they like, you know, seem so close to one another? Light ray These is. are things I want. And exactly. Light ray is the idea that that is something that light ray is one of the most important people that we know in this like story somehow, but it's going on and we might find out, but I need to know more about the authority before we go and learn more about how you decide to change up Mongo in a war world. That, that might be the deal. The, the thing I get from this, again, you start with Derlin's stuff. That's going to confuse a lot of people. And even if, you know, it's just thrown out there. So we're going to learn more, you would think. But right there, it's a weird cold open that you are kind of coming up with some theories. But I think a lot of people would just be confused. Then you go and you end up because of this, you know, Black Order type deal, you end up waiting you you get the best panel in my mind is when freaking mongol decides to actually show up in the last page where you do like i just want to see mongol i mean you have been hinting around at mongol war world connection with this with him just sitting around doing nothing and then you get to this and i want to get mongol i want to see i don't need superman to stop because there's people that are killed in satellites all around the planet so he goes and says goodbye to them and reads their i, I don't I understand Superman wants to save everyone. He feels responsible. We get that. I, we I don't know. For some along. reason, it bothers me just because when we see that we have this entire display set up for Superman when he finally reaches World War, because that's all Mongols are doing. He's trying to get Superman to come here. It's all a trap, but he he knows he's, because he sent the Philosian refugees to Earth to get his attention that this is what Superman cares about. We've got to save these pseudo-Kryptonians from their freaking slavery, and when they're all wrapped up and displayed, pseudo-crucified, just dead right there with little Superman symbols on their chest making fun of Superman, and he starts being upset and tearful, and everybody's like, man, I wish I could care about people like Superman does. Like, showing you how good Superman is. Like, I don't feel like he was this emotional 
when his son was taken from him and aged up seven years. It seems like a weird situation where he cares more about these people that he just met more than his actual family at times for the way it's presented. Also, I want to say... that's not these... Kenny Johnson's fault. It's just as an overall... Like, I want to say to the thing. other people, maybe you should go get checked. You all might be serial killers. Also, you know, you have these little aside. It's fucked oh. up, but I don't know if I'm going to cry over strangers. Yeah, they're like, oh my God, Manchester Black, he's singing along to a dead Kennedy song. I mean, it's just stuff <laughs> kind of service level. Like, yeah, he, like, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a prick, though. You can t- you get that to him. Yeah, yeah. So you end up uh, going, and it's it's a cool. Again, it's weird. Like, there's cool concepts. I love the idea that they're like, look, Superman, you want to know where Mongol is? Follow the dead bodies that we put on. But that's badass, right? But then you stop and have to go through a big thing about, I have the longest chains. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of these chains. The cha- I don't need that, the chain talk anymore. Like, even the way they talk, like, only Chato yet lives, and I will yet live, and all the pretty skulls adorn the gates of the arena. <laughs> and like, just for some reason, this fucking Chato guy, the top. who used to serve four mongos before him, and doesn't shut the fuck up the way he, like, apparently war zones are all goddamn types of poetics, like, and they have come to lay the fellows in their graves for long and long has Mongo watched the super, the Superman, when the fell beasts of breach tore thy skin and broke thy bones he was watching so and then that means like when amanda waller and star labs opened up that portal and then those things came out and hurt him and gave him some kind of weird radiation poisoning to the point where we started where we talked to him bill kenny johnson started this whole book and said that oh yeah um superman's kind of losing his powers and john's upset about it we're tying this all in to the point where we use our weird war zone freaking magics whatever we're going to do here to show everybody that superman is not who they think he is. He is the fucking silver fox, older, weaker Superman. And we have to say up to this point, I don't know where that was going on during every adventure that Superman's been going on to, where Enchantress was using spells to make everybody make it look like he was young. And Ma- and, and Manchester Black was using his telep- telepathy to make everybody think he was lifting mountains. I'm like, okay, so you guys are doing all the heavy lifting while Superman just fucks off. Yeah, which Enchantress, like, even the idea that he has the silver, like, she came a little later. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's just yeah, thrown I know. out there. I'm telling you, we're yeah, trying to tie things it's, in from it's, when it's Kenny okay. Johnson giving first started to where we are now, including the four issue Superman and the Authority. It doesn't work out, but at least he's trying to make it all work he's out. He's trying to, to make it work. My favorite chains is two chains. Is Eric, it? you like two chains? You no. like I'm different? Do you like that, the, the song? I don't, don't think like I know two chains. Uh, but yeah, so you're going and even that, like you were saying, with that over the top dialogue, I know that it's character work for these characters, but you don't really care about these guys. I be chai too. I'm like, really? You be annoying? Get the hell out of here. I have to change. That's the longest. He's like Gollum slash Yoda. Change? I think he's an asshole. Right? Ooh, look at me. I don't have an arm, but I got the chains. I does. And even when Mongol shows up at the end, we have all his lieutenants standing around posing for the goddamn pictures. We got the, the war zone magic making sure that we all know that Superman is weak and old. We got the authorities in there. And when Mongol finally shows up, at last, the old man who conquered Mongol who was. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's been a bunch of Mongols. I get you. But, like, you are the biggest, baddest Mongol here hanging out with your kryptonite spear. But this is the weird. Now you face Mongol who is. <laughs> and your bones will adorn my banner spear for a thousand 
thousand years. I'm I like, just want somebody to say, hey, listen, <laughs> Superman, I'm going to kill your ass. I mean, I miss the Mongol who was, was, was. Yeah, I, I like Chattel. He should be Chatterer. He, he, all he has to do is say, what? You want to know where Mongol is? Just go over there. He's in that arena. You're going to fight him. Just go there. All right. And yeah, just a weird end up presentation for and- this that I was not digging for this whole thing. And this is honestly what all I've been waiting for for Action Comics for our Superman and the Authority. Because during the four issue thing, I thought this idea of the Superman getting this ragtag team together to do this thing that the JLA wouldn't do with them was a cool concept, but I wanted more out of it. And then when we show up and say, oh, yeah, you guys are fucked. This is a trap, which they knew. It just it just falls kind of flat for me, especially the way it's presented it with Mondo and his lieutenants. And you're not getting enough of the characters and the authority here for me to say, hey, he doesn't really know what he's doing with these characters or whatnot. But we had that Batman Superman Authority special, and he didn't do much with them either. So, yeah, they're just background. Like, and even swear, in that, the big thing of that was just, you know, Midnighter meeting Batman. Midnighter, yeah. And it, it, Midnighter, eh, okay. It just I don't know that he's able to write them, but we'll have to see. I just would suggest that when he does have Manchester Black, put a couple loves in there, right? He's writing them just like Constantine anyway. Just go full up because they you are say kind that. of That's something anybody, anybody has to do when they write Manchester Black. He doesn't. At one point, he's like, Enchantress has been juicing him back up with his magic, keeping him going, and I've been using illusions to make it look like he's still moving mountains. But it's just smoke and mirrors, and somehow Mongol knew you have to go love at the end, right? And <laughs> hello, love. Figures. As long as you write him exactly like Constantine and make sure he says the word do. elite like two times an issue, you're good. Exactly. Yeah, that's all you that's have the to difference. do. Yeah, that is really the difference. And, and having him, you know, sing and not talk about little magic. dead Kennedys, you're, yeah. you're down. But I would probably have him sing more of like, a, you know, Sex Pistols or maybe that's Constantine. That, I know. that It's like the weird difference there. Of Cousins. The yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just all punk rock Brits, really. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I I feel like this like this issue is cool, and it has some things that just kind of just drags a little more than it should with what's going on, and it's because you you're introducing this Black Order deal. Like you have to present that. I just want Mongol. I want Mongol to come out, and it is funny because just the joke of all the things and what Mongol's going. Every time there's a statue, I'm like, what the hell? Are you having statues of Darkseid there? That's how I would get Mongol pissed. I really would. I'd sit there and like, I get you're the big guy, Mongo, but why do you have all these dark side statues? Well, maybe that's along the lines of what we're going to be dealing with. But like, you know, because we know that dark side is as big as bad as he's ever been. He's doing out there doing infinite frontier stuff in the shadows. We don't quite understand yet. But with this whole thing, because you have Mongo and like, you know, is sort of Thanos slash dark side. They're very interchangeable at times. Not exactly. Don't get like, don't get no, mad at me. No, for this, but we know. I'm not talking to you. I'm just being people in general. But no, I mean me. And when the you people. have this, I'm a man of the people, Eric. I know what they think. Where you have Light Ray, and Light blah, Ray blah, is blah. as talking about the idea of dark side is going against this Mongol. There could be some kind of connection to that. What happened if all of a sudden this does end with you're on War like, World? What's stronger right now? What Philip Kennedy Johnson's mind, at least his new Mongol and War World or Dark Side and Apocalypse? Dark Side and Apocalypse. He's the ultimate version, Eric. He went off and who knows what the hell he's doing. He's right still now. in freaking Omega Earth. So he don't even care about Apocalypse. Just it seems imagine like. right now. You just have it's just over and over. Mongols like Mongol is and like, no, no, no. Light Ray is. Darkseid just comes up. Bitches, Darkseid is a veggie dis- tray. Yeah, it just gets them. And then, yeah, he has a veggie tray, and they're like, yep, you're nonsense. Get out of here. And then Darkseid goes home. Eric gets beat up by Mr. Mirror. Go home, Darkseid. You're drunk. Daddy issues. Uh, yeah, even with this deal, like, I love, like, 
Nay, not alone. I stand with thy teacher, mother, orphan, darling. I'm like, no, you got to have better, better terms than this. I mean, hey, attack him, darling. <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. And, and suddenly, Manchester Black, why does he keep telling me to attack? I'm the darling here. But yeah, by the end, again, I, I like some of the things going on here. And I like that we get to War World finally. We start off the story. And Mongol at the end on that big giant, you know, I don't kryptonite know. Kryptonite spear. Crazy. I'm even just saying. God, this, he ripped that this, shit from fucking, you know, the Batman v Superman. It looks damn like. right he did. And uh, then he's also on, you know, pretty much something out of Starship Troopers. Uh, I don't know. But we'll see. Also looks a little like, is he going to open his mouth and there's going to be worlds in there and stuff? And I don't think so. You end up there with you face Mongo, who is. And I'm like, all right, we get there. Then we get to this Guardians nonsense. The Tales of Metropolis with Guardian telling the kid who's been around whenever the demon dismember goes and takes kids with their digital Ouija board to his world. Hey, I need you to go and help me. I need you to take me there because... Gordian has an idea that this kid is a little asshole. He's going to go and take an EMP device with him when he gets sucked into the digital world, the dark web of Metropolis that the demon dismember makes for him because he's taking assholes into what they do. If they're drug addicts, he takes them to a digital dark web drug den. If he takes freaking, you know, suicide, like, you know, like people who want to commit suicide, I, like I guess that he makes there. them relive that shit over and over Maybe. again. Maybe. And then he you gets the little dark- rascals in the middle and just grabs them, too. I'm like, I see this wife beater guy drinking with a gun. I see a guy killing himself. And then I see a couple kids having some fun together in the street. Well, the dark web's not bad for everybody. It depends on where you go and what it you're looking like for. Because the way he's saying feeds on what they say online, almost like, oh, trolls. we don't know what they do on the Xbox Live. They're, They're awful bullying. there. My kids are gone. Really, dismember, take them, please. It's like but even gun. this idea where you have dismember show up and Guardian's going to fight him because what Guardian's presented with is a dark web version of Metropolis, a, a city that he cannot save because it's part of this digital bullshittery. But then when you have dismember show up and they're going to fight, you know, Guardian just has his EMP device hooked up to his freaking shield. So when he hits him with the shield, it disables him. You see the kid who sent him there was the big asshole all along and he's going to get trapped in between and essentially. He traps the kid there while also the kid is trying to get out. But also when he does this, it shuts down the digital world, trapping the asshole kid inside while also making all the kids that he kidnapped to the digital world come down in crystals over the real metropolis. And then Guardian says, I haven't even broken a sweat yet, bitches. Yeah, you know what the <laughs> what best you got is? next, Jimmy Olsen? Because for some reason, you're doing things. You've explained it exactly what happens and it doesn't make any sense. By the way, the little rascals, they're bad because Spanky, they push him off a bridge. They're killing him. They're the worst of all of them. They're murdering this kid. Yeah. Oh, well. Dark web. Tony, this uh, might as well be a Stephen King novel with any kid because they're all serial killers. I see him. Get him pushed off and they're waving goodbye to it's him as Henry he Bowers down. in this digital world. Holy moly. But yeah, you end up with one of the most non-stories. I'm telling you, say what that. What is going on? Still 10 times better than the garden that you get in Brian Michael Bendis's checkmate. That's true. But again, that Guardian just shows up. Look at me. I'm the Guardian. I'm well, no, Guardian. That one. Guardian decided he's going to go evil and go with Mark Shaw and Leviathan. So I prefer this version. Well, you know, go with what you know, Eric. I don't know. And he ends up, I love it, the end where he, I'm like, thank God this is over. <laughs> he's like, hey, Jimmy no, no. Olsen, what's this going part's on? Over. Ooh, we have plenty to go. I have a feeling that this Tales of Metropolis might be done and we'll have to see what's coming up. I imagine up. Steel's going to show up next. I don't. I have no idea. I'm just saying out the there. end, I think it might be. We'll have oh, to boy. see what, what's going on. And maybe, I thought at one point, maybe they'll like, do something good. I thought this was good. going for a while and then it came back. Yeah, I know. Maybe 
with the warp. Just give Phil Kennedy Johnson a couple more pages to tell his story so we can get some, you know, cool things with it. And I'd rather, I mean, anybody buying this book has to say, I'd rather see more Mongol and more world than this stupid ass well, Guardian the story. I think I'm even putting the idea in my like you know written review in my board of the idea. All ten of you Guardian fans will at least you know be happy that this is a better Guardian than you're getting in checkmate. But is it worth a dollar? No, and and the dollar would be well spent if we get more know, of the overall story. A lot of people are buying Justice League for the Justice League Dark backups. I can't see that being the case for and Action Comics and the Tales of Metropolis. So we'll see, but no, I don't think there's anybody saying. What war world? Nah, I'm not interested in that. I got to see this dark web There's story with the Guardian with crystals and nonsense. Digital demons, the dismemberer. It's the piece of shit online Black Mercy is all it is. We're going to give them their awfulness. Look, thing is, I, I, I check out as soon as I see the term Black Web. I'm going to do what you did. Dark, dark web, web, though. Yeah. Oh, so do I. I'm, I'm sitting there like maybe they can go find Cat Grant and all the other nonsense that's going on in that Cat dark Grant's web. fine. It was Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale, whoever it was. I'm telling you, all that nonsense, nobody liked then, and this just gets thrown in there. But overall, what would you give it? The whole thing, though, how I did, I don't, we didn't find out how this kid was able to do this with a digital sucking of people into the dark web because he thought they were pieces of crap. If you keep saying that, they're going to think they have to have another issue. Oh, no. I, I do, do not want that. I so, do not yeah. want the Guardian backup's kind of nonsense. If you're here for a Guardian, maybe you'll be happy about it. I'm personally not a huge fan of the character. I think he's like, you know, served his time and we can move on away from him. And the action comics, while we're getting to something that I want to see, an updated version of Mongo, which actually makes him a threat. I don't know if this is the thing that I actually want out of it. And I'm more concerned about the Derlin Phalosian connection. And that's just a weird thing because I never thought that'd be something that I'd be interested in while you're dealing with Superman, the Authority, Mongo, and Warworld. So it's weird to me. Six out of ten. Art's great all around. I'm looking at the solicit for next issue, and the problem is there is a second writer, and I know that I should know what story, but it's Sean Aldridge that's okay. the second writer, and and that well, Sean Lewis has been doing the Tales but of Metropolis this is Sean backups. Aldridge, I know, so, so I don't know what that backup yeah, would be. Yeah, and um, but there's nothing in the solicit that says a backup. But since you have that second writer, there must be. But the other thing is, as I'm looking that up. I'm looking at the characters that are listed in the issue. And yeah, you have Apollo, Enchantress, uh, Martian Manhunter is thrown in. So maybe That's that weird. would give a little hint of the backup. Um, but you have Chidal and like, Actually, like Martian Manhunter backup wouldn't be terrible. So in action I'm, I'm going through these and then Some I Mr. get, Biscuits? I get to mother, darling, orphan, <laughs> teacher. I'm like, really? <laughs> Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, that's that's not great. That's not that's not really good ideas for names. Those are nonsense. But we'll have to see what that back. Tony, the thing is, be. I think that's just world world nonsense. But for when you said that, I just had bad flashbacks to fucking Batman and Robin Eternal. Yeah, yeah, mother. But yeah, she's there with the mother. Nonsense. Mother. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, really. It's all coming to play. Next issue, though, what's coming to play here, Eric? I don't know. It's Black Mana. Number three and Black Man and Number Three are written by Chuck Brown, art by Matthew Dow Smith, Marissa Louise, and Clayton Cows. You like the art in this, Eric? No, no, I don't. It's a new artist, by the way. That's what <sighs> that's what will blow your mind. Is this is this guy thing trying is, to grab the? I mean, I give him full credit. <laughs> he really did is, grab I'm it. Right? You, I didn't bother looking at the creative team because when you're doing books, I usually don't deal with your creative team for the most part. But unless I enjoy it and I look forward to it, but. 
in something like a black mana, I did not look at it because you figure that it's a mini. They're going to have everything on lockdown for the but creative never, team. But you never sat there and thought, oh, they changed the artist, the did you? The thing is, I didn't think they did, but I thought the art looked worse than it has. Well, I think because it's usually Valentin Delandro. And this isn't. This is weird. And I actually thought maybe it was a misprint in the credits, but on the cover and the credits, it says it. Yeah, it might be worse because I think trying to grab that play. Trying to ape this style? Yeah. And yeah, maybe it's a tough style to ape, right? Because you have some problems. Let me get to my blurb now that I went to just make sure. But yeah, you end up having this. The book seems like it should be bigger than it is, Eric. But the lack of story details from Chuck Brown and the lack of any sort of detail artistically makes this more confusing than it should be at the halfway point. And I'm really worried we're not going to tie things up and this is just going to bleed into that Aquaman story. And that is, I'm telling you, even on the cover it says prelude to Aquaman. And that's all it really seems to be while telling a very fucking very convoluted story about ancient magical fucking stones from Atlantis and, you know, the people leaving there to go to Africa and then trying to outdo black mana the devil ray trying to outdo black mana and possibly trying to become the new black mana while while also tying in i'm telling you i'm just gonna do a quick a flash yeah, of view i mean this is just it. gentleman ghost who black mana has went to because he needs a gentleman ghost somehow to take him back in time to ancient atlantis to see what's going on here but it seems more of a projection of the mind which gentleman ghost can do but it's hard for him to do until he can't do it and I don't know, except for the African connection, what we really get out of this or why we need a gentleman ghost to do this. But why do we keep getting ghosts to do shit? This is Wonder I, Woman. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I have to pause a second, Eric. I don't think we gave scores for action comics overall. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay, I'm going to give it a 6-5. But okay. into this, again, it feels like you said what I'm worried about is this book is never going to make sense. You're just going to get a couple concepts that will go over into Black Mana now being Atlantean. In this way of these stones in Africa and the idea where it is spelled out. It's kind of funny in this because you ended up having Devil Ray, you know, go, hey, everybody, the people affected were down. And Black Man in this has to say, oh, by the way, he was talking to the black people in the deal. So, okay, we get that. But Gentleman Ghost getting punched in the face. And then it's weird, right? Like, I'm telling you, Black Mana going and doing it, like, you know, when, you could say he has an nth metal freaking gauntlet on that he does to try to, like, do it. But when Gallus the Goat just freaking, you know, punches him in the face with nothing, that felt weird. Yeah, it feels like they don't really quite get, well, first off, you're making him a time traveler. <laughs> and even then it's almost like, well, we could travel in time, but you're I, there's no rules to well, this. And then they that go before into that, he has a dead man's party last issue. <laughs> really? so crazy and yeah we're gonna go to the next issue when we talk about wonder woman and they're gonna be doing fucked up things still with like, why does I don't everybody want to take freaking ghosts and do wacky shit with people them out of nowhere people just think that if they're ghosts and they're walking around they could do whatever the fuck they want they're ghosts and maybe they know more this is what i should really think when i go out ghost hunting when we get done the fucking podcast yeah, really i really want the wind blew that fucking ghost made the wind move i know it exactly I'm going to give that's like my buddy. my pants. My God buddy Bob. Ghost. The, the lights go out because there's a storm. Daddy. That's my dad talking to me. No, no, that's poor electricity <laughs> and whatnot. But with this, I just want to give a shout out. Anybody listening, there's probably somebody listening right now, Eric, that will eventually become a writer, a comic writer, and maybe a DC writer, you. maybe an Aquaman, maybe a Black Manor deal. But if that's the case, any sort of thing you write in any story, please, if you have a big item, 
that you're going to have to repeat over and over. Make it something that can be pronounced and flows a little better. Or alcohol come. I'm you, like, I you, don't you know what's going on here. here. No, I, I don't even know what I do here. A ratchel come. It sounds like some sexy move that Sting does with Trudy. Back the worst part is I'm trying to thing. find it. In the previous time we talked about Black Matter number two, I had it written down so I could make sure that I could at least try to pronounce it. I didn't do it this time, and I can't even imagine the freaking letters that go into this world, except for I know there's a ch in the middle of there somewhere, and I'm I'm desperate. Okay, here we go. Orach, fuck you. Orach, fuck you. Oracalicum. How about that? Oracalicum. Oracalicum. I think that's how I said it last but time. But you even add an extra thing when you. It's not oracalicum because right. there's nothing. I, I, between. I add an extra vowel. But there. that's what I keep doing. I keep adding. I, I want to buy a vowel here, Pat. So I, anyway, I'm telling you here, it's just it's the worst thing to keep saying. I just think of it as rock. Well, you're saying this, the oracalicum, right? <laughs> this 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 ancient Atlantean magical stone. Okay, we have that going on. We have this new character, Devil Ray. Who wants to activate this to reach all the people, the black people who have ancient Elanian DNA in there that they never knew about, but technically it's killing them. But he's trying to reawaken them. He's trying them. to activate them. Exactly. You know, you like have all this going on. And the thing is, that's enough in my mind. But when you also add in Orisha, who has Oracalcum Necklace, who was in the underworld, who had to be released from Doom's doorway on Themyscira to ride her demon steed to fight black mana. You're, you're fucking done too much. I know, too much. And seriously, this is the art series. of this monster is just awful. Every time he shot, I'm like, what the hell is that? What? At one point, I thought she was flying a winged potato. Going what is well, it's I'm fine. like, I don't get it. But it's because her necklace is the orichalcum. Orichalcum. She's got, right? And she's like, oh, and, and that kind of just gets pushed aside of like, oh, you're going to have to go. Because I'm telling oh, you, this, my necklace this will ancient, lead me to them. Ancient magical Atlantean stone is able to, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how I accept, allow somebody to walk out of hell because of their Atlantean heritage. And it just seems like a weird situation to throw on top of everything else. And then you have, you have freaking the Atlantean council talk about how Fuck, we just had all of this shit go down, and it was this guy called Devil Ray? No, it wasn't. It was Black Mana. Black Mana hates us. No, I think it was Devil Ray. No, no, it was Black It was Black Mana, definitely. Oh, my God, we're all poisoned in the water. Devil Ray! <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea. I think no. that it's- The worst part is, and that whole thing, I just said, oh, my God, we're, the water's poisoned. We're all getting knocked out. Devil Ray, but he's now dressed as Black Mana. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Black Mana. <laughs> Fuck at me. The one, at the one point, they're like, I don't the score's know. Gone this, down. this Devil Ray guy, I think it might be Black Man. And they're like, well, Black Man usually doesn't hide and disguise us, but I, I think he's Black Man. No, no, no. Black Mana doesn't declare war on the, the surface yeah. and Atlantis. Ooh, that's true, but I still think it's Black Mana. Hey, guys, you're poisoned. Devil Ray! And the worst part <laughs> it about like it, Black though, Mano, because like you said, the guy so who bad. seems to be doing this, who you expect to be Devil Ray in disguise, is an Atlantean guard who's standing in the background, who then his armor becomes like, you know, black. I guess it would be somebody else because I'm trying to think of how this, this works gonna with the art. Is this going to be an unknown son of Black Man, of Devil Ray? I with don't this? know. Because, because at the point he's whoever trying Whoever was poisoning to- the water, though, and knocked everybody out, including Merc at the one point, it looks like a white dude. Yeah, well, he's just, he's sick and tired of this Atlantis shit. 
He doesn't like to swim underwater. I don't know. You end up though. What you do? do with color you skin. do have devil's rays. You no, know, he don't want to be swimming in the no, water. No, I'm just saying he may actually just been duped and just wants I, to. I don't, help I don't out. know. Maybe maybe he is just a, like a like a dupe. Somebody who got like hired to freaking take everybody else. And Devil Ray was just paying him off. I just don't know. Because he's a weird. white guy doesn't mean that he doesn't want to get involved. And maybe he's sick of Merc. Maybe Merc is always I'm sick of Merc too. He's kind of gross. Yeah, he is. Uh, I, I actually, when they said Merc, I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't see that awful monstrosity of us. Oh, there it is. And then look ridiculous. You go in Devil Ray's lair, though, and they have, you know, hey, Orange, what's up? You know, you, you got the, these people for the, the human flame was working with before they're still sticking around. We're in the first day, like, you, you get disjointed with this whole thing. And it's hard to tell characters because this art is so bad. But at one point, you end up having one up. lady say, Oh, come on, son. Or the guy, I can't tell which. And you don't call me son. And I'm like, oh, I think that he's got the daddy issues because he's mad because Black Mana only cares about his other. Really? I don't so you know. telling me a thing is actually you're, you're bringing up something that's kind of interesting in my I mind. Along that's the lines what it is. of I, the I, way, I, hold on, along the lines of Aquaman and his rivalry with his brother Orm and stuff like that, or even the idea of that family matters kind of thing that you have with. You know, Aquaman was the reason that, uh, you know, Black Mana's father died, Jesse, and now he's going to, like, you know, sworn to kill Aquaman and stuff like that. If you have a long-lost hide boy out there who is all pissed off at his father but also has Atlantean hands, knows more about his Atlantean hands than his father actually does, I don't know how it works. I think that's what yet. it is. But when you – are you actually just creating here, not a foe for Black Mana, but a new foe for Jackson Hyde, Aqualad, who's the brother along the lines of that Aquaman connection? I think you're connection. doing both because I think that this is a book that's trying – and you're going to have an Aquaman book with Black Mana. I think they're trying Aquaman, to make Black yeah. Mana more of a anti-hero, like yeah. a Deathstroke. So then you need somebody to go against And what it really does remind me, surface level, really reminds me of the Black Panther son. movie. This reminds me of Killmonger. Killmonger? going to take the thing that the he throne. thinks that he was ta- it was taken from him and he's going to go and do that but in an aquaman sort of way and like you said you're playing with the orm and arthur type of deal that back and forth where i think that devil ray is the you know a forgotten son that's a kind of cool aspect that turns out to be i just wish that this story was told better with better artists because I want to be all about this because right now one of my favorite books, it might be on, even though it is a limited series, but if I had a new 25 do or die pool list, I might have Aquaman to be coming on there for how much I've been enjoying it. I like building up Jackson Hyde as a character. This should feel just as big because it's black mana building up to a freaking black mana Jackson Hyde book. This is not doing the trick, especially if no, you're introducing the, the grand new foe for Aqualad because you need to build up his rogues gallery. It can't just be an Aquaman rogues gallery as far as I'm concerned, but make the character his own. If you're doing it here, awesome. Do it in a better fucking way. No, I think that this all leads to both the books kind of combining and you're going to get, you know, we have the Shazam family at that. I think that this will turn into the Black Mana family and that'll be We're something just seeing, cool. This is, the new, this is the new status quo for the Aquaman family. Because you have Jackson being Aquaman, the becoming to the point where he will one day become Aquaman. Because I guess Garth the Tempest, he's like, I guess this ain't for me no more. I guess Arthur, who kind of lives for a while, I don't, I don't like and Garth also, to come out and I don't do even something. Know, I don't even know what Orm thinks of all this stuff. He's like, this is nonsense. I'm trying to think of where we left off. With I think Orm. that you're trying to get doing Dagon this, City stuff still. <laughs> maybe I think that you're trying to establish a deal where if you do, and I would think that Arthur's going to be back being an Aquaman book, but you could have something like a son of Kal-El and an action comics that maybe they're trying to. It's the worst you know, part establish about something and broaden this mythos of the Black Man a Jackson Hyde deal, uh, but this book is lagging behind because of 
the meandering story that really doesn't seem to want to really give you a lot of details with art that's just awful i mean it, it's it such really a weird idea bad. though because while you, if you have an aquaman book most people want arthur curry being the aquaman because that's who they love that's the character they've grown up with and want to see i don't know why we just can't keep jackson hyde as aqualad for a time since you know he's barely been aqualad have an aqualad book fuck have a goddamn kid flash book do something with your younger heroes have an ongoing see all feels because I would love those two to have an ongoing to really flesh out those characters. And this actually, even in a, another way, a roundabout deal, when we find out, if we do Poor find impulse. out that... What's he up to? <laughs> if we do find out that Black Manna is indeed like Atlantean, that he has this whole concept, you know the whole his thing with Africa, around. with that, that also makes Jackson part Atlantean as well, as well as the Bellion. So that is kind of a cool deal of a guy between two worlds, but it's actually three worlds. Each, well, yeah, three, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, yeah. the whole craziness is kind of a cool concept. And that's what I'm saying. There's some things that I think are at play in this book that could really, you know, elevate some of these characters and be pretty cool. It's just this presentation of story and art is just, it's not good. It's it really good. is. And, and telling you, really tough. I didn't get any of the cool stuff out of this book that, like, you know, we're talking about right now. Like, you, the stuff that you're, pretty, like, putting out there, Devil Ray might be a son of Black Mana, and this is why he I wants to prove himself. I just thought that that mommy and daddy oh, issues that he well, had even with that the, along that the lines, because I didn't even think about it either, the connection to the uh, Black Panther movie and Killmonger, what he wanted. It's very similar in my mind, usurping the throne of stuff like that, of what you believe to be yours, this mantle of Black Mana, or just being a part of this, like, this, this father who's, like, left you behind along those lines. I dig all of that. And what we're talking about going on with like, you know, a Jackson Hyde villain, a, a forgotten son, a brother like that. These are all cool things. You're not getting any of that out of no, this book. No, I'm not getting it. I'm making it up. And it's great. And the thing is, the funny thing would Tell be. Tell me your is, story, Jim. Say, here's story my story. Time. Just imagine the Jim fun Warner. time here, here listen. where we have Devil Ray and goes to Jackson and says, you had it all. You had a dad. He's like, really? You think that I had a dad? Like, no, like, like, I had a shitty. Oh, like, uh, what I'm trying to, I fucking just wrote a goddamn name down so I can make sure I could talk about it. Now I don't have a backup, but Orisha. Torrid. No, Orisha. Yeah, actually, it is Torrid. Yeah, yeah. They called her Orisha at the one point, but it was Torrid, I think, was the name that, like, you know, that she was given in, like, you know, different places. I think it's but, on the cover. Actually, yeah, maybe it is. Too. But all right, let's go with Torrid, though. Torrid. It's easy. Torrid was somebody who has this fucking ancient Atlantean rock necklace and came out of hell, and she's a part of the story for some reason. And I was going about to say something. Is she related to Devil Ray? But know. is she Atlantean? Because, but doesn't seem like Black Man recognizes her. It's part of the heritage, either. though. I but don't it's know. also part of that old thing. Again, with her being like, you know, forgotten in hell for all this time, or Hades, whatever you want to call it. Maybe this is an ancient, like, the ancestor of My, the Hyde I family think it is. and the connection to Devil Ray and uh, freaking David uh, Hyde, you know, Black Man. Yeah, here. yeah. And, and with that all, you have that thing where when. You get in the, the mind and the body and whatever, and the spirit of Gentleman Ghost after he took a punch to the chest. I'm done with Gentleman Ghost. I like him, but he's stupid here. What they see then is right before Atlantis does sink, you end up having almost like a Jarrell situation there on, you know, Krypton. The idea oh, was that way. We got to get the hell out of here. Let's, go, to Let's go back to where the original weapon masters and this, and that's Africa, and they go back. That's fine. Yeah. And you end up, so that sets that up. That sets up the idea of why. The rock, the American crown, the crown is ending up affecting <laughs> the black people around the world. And that's also where a cow you, come. and you do have Devil Ray who seemingly wants to tap into that. Let's get back to our heritage. Let's get back to that separate bit of Atlantis where we should be recognized. And I think that that will tie in with Torrid, where Torrid's like, you know, I was back there, bitch. And, you know, I don't know. 
But they, just the idea where you have Tord come on her monstrosity her demon of steed. a winged demon steed. The page where Black Mana jumps into the demon steed Mouth. and he chomps yeah. down. And then that might be one of the worst drawn pages <laughs> when it hits the green water. With splash and something, and oh, it's just not well played. Look, I don't understand what we're doing here because Black Man's big thing is he jumps into the mouth of the demon while the demon's falling to the water, and then when the demon's sinking, he swims out of the mouth. I'm guessing that what this is, and a weird deal, because what you're expecting is he's going to break out of the Damn demon right. and kill him like you have all the time. I think that if he hits that water at that velocity, he's going to die. He jumps into the demon steed. The steed is able to take the entrance into the water, right. opens his mouth, and he comes out. What it's is it's that, really weird. What is that second panel there where you have the boom? <laughs> I don't know. Did I he guess... set off a grenade inside that makes the demon fall to there? And then he I swims guess, out because yeah. this art's not doing it any favors. Yes, and I think the boom is actually just the laser vision. That and, makes sense. Yeah, but really it doesn't make much sense because – he should well, be makes dead. more sense for the Maybe you know, black mana. I don't know. She and I love the idea. Put that it all together tonight, Jim. You're gonna end up where I guess the demon steed is dead, right? I think it's fine. Maybe I don't know. It might be dead because you don't see it again. It's just there with its mouth open. You do point out at the middle of the issue where Tord comes and's like, "Oh, what are you saying, Amazons? That this demon steed really likes me? Ah, I don't care. It's just a way to get from one place to the other because I think it's just gonna die." Oh my goodness gracious, but yeah, you end up Doom's where they, doorway. they all end up. Oh my god, I think it's Black Mana. No, it's Devil Ray. Oh no, it's Black Mana. Oh no, we're poisoned. And here comes Devil Ray, that looks like Well, Black this Mana. is what happened when you don't have Mara Arthur on the throne. All of a sudden, this fucking guy can come in here and just poison everybody and says, you know, but the people at us will soon take their last breath. Oh, Devil Ray. Yeah, I like when he, he says dressed that. like Black Mana. He's dressed up like a weird-looking black mana and maybe shining light out of his hand. I, I don't know. I can't tell. The mercs it's are dark down Arr! there. Arr, get away from me, you scully wagon! I don't know. Quest I don't know. Merc. I don't know underwater terms. Don't clam up on me. We call asshole. those nautical terms. Yeah. Nautical terms. Yes, yeah, like a sea hair. I'm gonna kick you right and in the stern. Arr, get away from me, you squid face! But uh, at the end, I just when I read this, I'm like. All right, I'm getting some ideas. <laughs> it's story time for me when yes. I'm reading this book. I dig it more than this. We'll see. I'm we'll all about see what you put down. On. Well, there you go. How about what would you rate my story, Eric? Would I'm rating your like story two? a freaking seven out of ten. I'm rating this nice. a five out of ten. Yeah, I'm going five out of ten as well. I'm rating my story a twelve out of ten, Eric. I'm well, allowed to do that. You go a little bit right? more, have a good artist put this down. You might be the book of the week right oh, now. Oh my goodness gracious! I'm the belle of the ball. I am. We'll go to the next book, which I don't think will be any of our books of the week, but it's Wonder Woman. Like better than Black Mana. Yeah, I do too. Wonder Maybe Woman I'll number 781. I, yeah, it's about the same. They have a very kind of same feel, right? But you were higher on the like that than I was. That is true. <laughs> Written by Becky Clonan and Mikey Conrad. Oh, Art Mikey. by Marcel Takara, Tamra Bonvillon, Blanc de Cirque, Pat Rousseau. <laughs> with a backup. By Vida Ayala, uh, art by Skylar Partridge, which I really do like. I dig that backup art. Ramon Fajardo Jr. and Pat Brousseau. Can someone tell Conrad and Clunan that Wonder Woman back on Earth should be a big thing? After a lackluster no. return last issue, they seem to have nothing new to bring to this book. So once again, we get Cisco and doubles of Diana. That if the solicits are Dr. correct, are tied right to Janice. 
Really? Janice. Remember Janice who we just dealt with? Because the thing is, even though we're back on Earth, a new status quo for Wonder Woman, even though we're going to get a new status quo for Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman Evolution, but she's back on Earth. She has ascended and been de-ascended, whatever you want to call it. I don't know the word, but she is back on Earth. And you know what we're going to do, boys and girls? A twist on the exact same thing that we just did with Dr. Psycho, a doppelganger freaking Wonder Woman, and Dead Man. The idea that you end up having Cisco, like right there, okay, I get it. She's going to go and see what the hell were you doing projecting your yeah. asshole self there. he's one of the villains. Then you get doppelgangers that, again, looking at the solicits, it Even says. doppelgangers of Wonder Woman. This is actually like a deal where somebody else is making doppelgangers because of what she let Janice do earlier. I'm like, huh? But even if it, it even if you ends. don't know that though, doppelgangers, we just went. It's just that. a mirror of what we and just did. Man, yeah, and and with that, the big thing. Like, she, what is this weird thing where the Conrad and Quinn want to make sure that Deadman becomes a like you know a supporting character in the Wonder Woman series? Because I maybe that's a cool idea, but. If you want to force the scenario, what you got to do in my mind is make sure that you know Boston no, Brand a little yeah. bit because every the time they're using the character, they're using it like gentlemen goes to do outrageous things like travel to the sphere of the gods, become physical to do stuff, end up dying but resurrecting back as a ghost. And now in this one, we have Boston who goes around. One of the main things that Dead Man does besides her kick-ass acrobatics is possess people, living people and things. But now we have him possess dead bodies, and I'm like, that doesn't I don't work. What, know what That's you're doing right now, when, Boston. When Boston gets a body, if he goes into Batman and then goes like, "Hey, what's up?" It's coming out as, "Hey, what's up?" Because it's Batman. He does. He ends up using their living bodies to go. because living bodies f- breathe, move, blood flowing, all that Talk. stuff. In it order doesn't to do those change. Things. He just does that. A lot of times when he does it, nobody knows, you know, because it's just the same person. He doesn't go in and all of a sudden he's like, you know, South Boston Batman. I mean, so when you go into a dead person, that eh, doesn't make sense. Maybe. Now, <laughs> what I well. He may use the terms, right? And and isn't Batman kind of selfy anyway? Because I remember when he was taking wanting to freaking, you know, jump into a stranger and jump a boat. Yeah, well, that's that's beside the point, because who wouldn't, Eric? Who wouldn't? Uh, Now, here's the thing that gets me on this. Wonder Woman comes back. She's on Earth. And she is coming back after after winning everything. She is the winner of the all-time. She's just Charlie Sheen now, winning. She won everything. She ended up saving the multiverse in Death Metal. And the Sphere of the Gods. with that. Then she saves the Sphere of the Gods. See, also another thing, when they were kind of walking around after her death and deciding if she was going to send Infinite Frontier sort of thing, she did even see some of the stuff in Future State because she was kind of walking through there. Then she actually was immortal there and all that. But then she comes back and doesn't seem to remember anything and want to get to the point of, like, we got to change some shit. Also, right before she decided to sacrifice herself, she actually was very concerned about who would come back and who wouldn't. Now she comes. She doesn't even want to go see Steve Trevor, let alone check in on people. To see who well, the, did come back or well, what she, she, she kind of did that last issue, though, didn't she? Where no, she went, and she went to, to the, the Justice, Justice League. League. That she just went to her it's buddies weird. there. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about big things like, hey, what's up with this whole Justice League? And like, I know that this book isn't that, but she doesn't seem concerned about anything. And the stuff that she should be real concerned about stuff and what this world is right now to lead to some really big things. Instead, she's having salads. 
with Edda and then saying, hey, if you see Steve, don't let him know that I'm back. Well, besides for Steve, Edda, Edda is one of the people that you would have Wonder Woman go and hang out with first. Well, hang out. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying she would go to check in, not on her friends, on everybody. She ended up saying, I don't want to sacrifice myself because this new world may not have a place for everyone. I'm really scared for that. And then she just comes back, goes to the Just League for a half hour, and then has lunch with Etta. And now we're right back to stuff like, oh, I got to bury the sword of Ziggy because, you know, we can't let that go. No, I'm telling you, the weird idea where she is gifted a sword by Siegfried in, you know, Valhalla in the sphere of the gods and is now a physical sword in real life. And she doesn't feel comfortable having it anymore, which feels weird because it was a gift from somebody that she was banging and maybe had some feelings for. But now... We have to go back to Scandinavia to make sure we bury it with him. And I'm like, this is the weirdest side quest ever to the story, and I have no idea why. I'm going to make the call right now, and who knows what not. But the only reason Dead Man shows up here in the body of a dead cadaver is so that you can get that ghost moment I, where he the will then is, get Ziggy again, even if he's a skeleton. That's he'll so end gross. up becoming a but guy again so you, they like, can make out one like last Like gentleman time. ghosts, though, you have her go to Dead Man, who's you know squatting in a fucking mansion in a dead man's body and stuff like that, who's already had an autopsy done, but he's squatting here. Hey, I have Siegfried's sword. Can you use your ghost powers to figure out where he's buried? You know, because stuff that Boston does all the time where he figures out where dead people are buried i'm like you're just adding on to this cool ass character like actually i say this i'm not a huge dead man fan no you're, you're doing not reggie was i mean, reggie was but now reggie you're doing would out, be going nuts you're doing outrageous this. stuff with fucking gentleman ghost in the last issue now outrageous stuff well you haven't stopped doing outrageous stuff with, with dead man in this series but it just doesn't stop and i don't know why well it's they're going with the idea that he's dead man so anything with death or anything, they're going. That would be like suddenly they the tell. Boy. I'm telling you, suddenly they they show us that Etta Candy. She's always got sweets in her pockets, Eric. She's Etta Candy. You I'm want a candy? You, the thing I mean, is, they're going we... a surface level name that they're making this character into something he isn't, so they can MacGuffin the shit out of every step of the way. I'm telling you though, when Wonder Woman showed back up at the Justice League Hall of Justice stuff like that, and you know, Cleed was there saying, "Oh shit, Wonder Woman, you're back. We got a problem. We need your help." If she would have gone to help, I'm sure that something like this could be helped by somebody like a Doctor Fate yeah. who has the magic. She's on the JLD. She. This is her thing. But no, she has to go to Deadman, who, who is somebody looking for this cadaver? Well, not only that, <laughs> just think about it, because he's looking a little rotten, so he, you know he smells. He says it. But he then, says he's going to fall apart later. Soon. But now somehow this motherfucker who's dead gets on a goddamn plane. On a, on a plane. You get How? past, like, freaking, you know, the, all security at the airport and are able on a plane for a man who is legally dead. Seriously, I, I know and that. I know that people do some wacky shit, but he's not even trying to, to, to hide these. Like Andrew Bennett, who is a fucking vampire, he looks better than Dead Man. I mean, he, he I don't know. Who is this? Some freaking guy from the Grunge era? Is he brown? He's got the scars the and the, the stitches, right? He's got that, but he looks like he's trying. Why would he wear a V-neck except for the idea They're that we cool. have to see that he has the that cadaver stitches? Yeah. There's no, is anybody asking them about that? You got stitches there, dude. Are you going to start asking people about their Y incisions on their body? I'm talking Maybe. to people. I mean, people have asked you about weird shit. And it's like, oh, Why what's are you that? so sexy? Genetics. Now, again, he gets on a plane. Yeah, it's He's crazy. He's dead. He's dead. And yeah, Wonder Woman comes knocking. Don't they take I love your this. temperature when you go into a plane? Because of where we are in society right now, just uh, personally. That's not, that's not the comic book world, Eric. But even so... 
he he's gonna end like, up. Like you know, take the... your shoes off and put them in this bin, and her fucking toes falls off. His foot could have fall off. It's gonna it's so ridiculous. Dead man. Oh, it's dead man. So he's a dead man. I get it. That's hilarious. Oh my no, that's this is nonsense. But he, she has this discussion with Edda, and it's like, oh man, you know, I was in this other deal. I died. I ascended. I came back. But boy, I love these salads. And I was like, honey, I'm just here. I, I don't know if I'd come back. Yeah, the salads are good. Hey, I'll be there. Whatever. And also, it almost plays out like, I don't want to deal with this shit because I'm so depressed. Right? That's the worst part about this. You have this whole friend, like, you know, sitting down moment where we should all be happy that Diana is back from the dead. And, you know, we're, we're all happy about this. And she's talking about the idea of the sphere of the gods and how this is this salad is the greatest salad in all of the worlds of all the sphere of the gods, stuff like that. And it really does seem if Diana was a better friend, if she listened to Ed and what she's saying right now, she would realize that her friend talking about if I died, I wouldn't come back. She is almost pouring her <laughs> heart out here very nonchalantly. Yeah. But if you were a good friend, you would realize you need to talk about something, Edda, because I'm here from you because, you know, Wonder Woman. But she fucking ignores that. No, she, she's all about her. It's all the sphere of the gods. And then they end up there sitting there and she goes, oh, Damn my, it, my God. My score just went dumb because now I'm angry about that. This Dr. Edgar Sisko comes on and he's on a television. He's there. Dr. Psycho has a book out. And she goes, what the heck? Dr. Sisko, he has a book? What bullshit is this? I'm like, you're allowed to write books and you were gone whatnot, but I'm going to stop this. And then you end up well, at a getting is, a You call. know, it's just a, like a, a book about, you know, how men are better than women. And I'll tell you why by Dr. It's Cisco. Yeah, you know, it is. It's men are from Venus. Women are nonsense is what it probably is. Probably men are with, from Mars. Women but, should be in the kitchen. Wait, Dr. Cisco. <laughs> men are from Mars. Women are bullshit. Dr. Cisco. But the thing is, this is this is part for the course for Dr. Psycho. They're not changing the fucking thing like this whole thing. And it works because this is what he is, though. He is a fucking misogynist. But that's why I'm saying, why is Wonder Woman? Really, oh my God! Well, he's doing that. The oh, idea that go. she sees this billboard, like or the uh, commercial about Doctor Psycho being interviewed about his book, like that guy wrote a fucking book because it's almost one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, he was doing some fucked up and shit about how I should really check in on this asshole. I guess, but it's well, it's on Straight Shooters. I mean, that TV show they Not had an Straight ex- Shooters. They had an expose on the, the the what's it called the bigfoot and i think that it was well done eric straight oh, yeah. shooters but you end up with the sasquatch but the bigfoot yeah. was about the yeah, monster the big truck foot. it's about the bigfoots and uh and it gets a call oh my god it's steve yeah okay it almost feels like it's like what cisco has a book i get she's like i gotta go i'm gonna go see steve now wonder woman being the woman of truth which after this page she really gets down and dirty with the the truth the truth the truth Kind of tells that, uh, hey, if Steve mentions it, I'd like you to lie and say that you don't know where I was. Again, and you didn't you have could, lunch the thing with us. is, doesn't say that. Just says, tell Steve I said hi, and just don't. Please don't mention that we had lunch. No, she doesn't say say hi. It, Edda says, "Do you want me to say hi?" And you know, whatever. And she goes, "No, no, no. I feel awful asking you this, but please don't tell him we got together. I don't want him to think I'm avoiding that him." Lying. Okay, so when he says, oh, where were you? What does that say then? Oh, I had lunch you're, by you're myself. You're my keeper. Lie. I, it's just regular. Oh, uh, have you seen Diana? No. Lie. Tony, you it's asked me, hey, Eric, where were you? I'm like, let's keep this professional. And, yeah, that's one thing. But they know that she even says, though, it's, it's asking her to lie for her. It really is. The idea of if he asked about it, don't tell him I had lunch with you. And then she goes up and starts yelling about the truth over and over. It's just a little nitpick that I didn't like. I don't like this Wonder Woman that they write. I think that she is self-centered. 
She's I think weird. that she kind of plays her way that her way or the highway type deal. She then goes down again. Dr. Psycho legitimately in the, the earth. She's come back. She's got to realize that what goes on in the sphere of the gods stays in the sphere of the gods. You can't just stop a guy's car by crunching it because you're wanting to know about a book. And she does She does that. mess up that car pretty bad, even though it can speed away later <laughs> it on. It seems like it just speeds away. I don't think it would be. But he's like, what, what are you doing? You, you, you know, she could maybe be arrested for this. I don't know. Yeah, you go but he says, what, what are you doing here? And uh, and then even says, I wish I could lie and say that I'm happy to see you. Well, I hear you're an author now. Yeah, yeah, I am. There's nothing against the law with that either. You just crunched my car because you, you're mad that I'm an author? Oh, I want an epilogue of our latest chapter. <laughs> and he goes, I want an autograph, whatever. And basically, this whole thing is, I hate you. Well, I hate you. I hate you Damn more. Right. Fuck off. I'm leaving. And this car, it does squeal away i'm guessing that it's like <laughs> like nothing's working now and they're screwed uh but like wonder woman goes car. up wonder woman goes up because you hear a guy yelling for help and he's like oh they're singing your tune and you get this deal now this is where dr psycho is going a little too far the thing is i like this part a bit because it's showing the idea that he's projecting his mind out this far to make a guy a construction worker get to the edge drawing a crowd just so he can get away from wonder woman where he's projecting his mind to this guy and willing to make him jump off a building right there it's like in case nobody knows who dr psycho is you were showing how far he's willing to go the little asshole deal because not only does he project his mind but he starts spitting out sexist shit too from this guy and she realizes everything i did not Get the uh, the funny thing is the idea that this guy ends up like oh what do you care you're immortal and you did this and whatever I'm not thinking right away ooh that was Doctor Psycho I'm just like eh, it's a piece of shit guy who's mad at Wonder Woman but it is Doctor Psycho and then says I'm like, like all these my, guys at first I thought it was this weird thing where he's read Doctor Psycho's book The Delusion yeah, it's really, all this misogynistic bullshit like that yeah and uh, instead and that's kind of again you're almost giving me the black man a deal where that's kind of a neat thing that he is projecting his ideas through a book that is almost like going to warp some people's minds because there's a lot of like people the out there seer and the moral in a authority di- in a different deal so i, I that's so kind of a lines. funny little play um but wonder woman then's like okay i saved you you go home and then it's like i gotta sort things out and just just goes to new england kind of, dr find- psycho is the ultimate incel and you know it's gonna be played like that oh, to yeah the empty yeah grade. i mean that's what he is we, we expect that so okay but you end up where, and again, that's even really pushed in the Harley show, and that's what you always get. But you end up having Wonder Woman, I don't know, what does she have, ghost hunting powers, where she just goes to New England, somewhere in New England, knock, knock, hey, what's up, dead guy who's dead, man? Hey, you know me, I'm here as this body, and, uh, you know, in a couple of days I might, and doesn't end up, set, like, rotting. Gross. I mean, he must just stink, and then, oh, well, what's up? This is a nice place. Is this yours? Oh, no. All I can do right now is do organ dor- donation and medical cadaver. No, no, you can't. I mean, what are you talking about? You're, you're playing that you are inhabiting a cadaver, but that's you can't do that. You're a dead guy. You're just a spirit. You inhabit. Like, there's no reason for him. And all of the things, dead man is such a stupid idiot here. Why would he jump into a body of a dead person? He could jump into anybody. Can't move and he that does body. This. I just think it's the idea that he. Yeah, and it should be, he just should be laying there. I think it's that idea to push that new thing. He can inhabit dead bodies because I think it's just going to play out. Like I said, it's going to be a, you know, thing 
with Wonder Woman and Ziggy by the end uh, because she ends up going to him and say, hey, I don't feel right with the sword. Yeah, he gave it to me. Yeah, he's been dead for centuries, but maybe I should put it near him, but I don't know where to go. I wanted dead men to say, well, you can look up shit. Maybe that's in a book or whatever, but says, oh, I have the ghost abilities. I can track that. Let me see the sword. Oh, I think he's in Scandinavia because all of a sudden he gets this mystical power and gas. I think I found what, where he is. What have we been doing, though? Because right now we know that Dr. Psycho's out and about. He's warping people's minds. He's projecting his mind to other people. Wonder Woman has a threat now that she is back on Earth. Three days after that threat, though, she goes and feeds Dead Man in New England, and now they're <laughs> going to go on a plane to Scandinavia to go hunt a dead body to fucking plant a sword in a grave next to it. I'm like, why are we just playing with side quests while also Steve Trevor's being, you know, attacked by Wonder Woman evil doppelgangers that then are following Wonder Woman in the plane on the way to Scandinavia, all flying around different versions of her just evil doppelgangers. And she's not on the Justice League because she needs a rest. Like, everything is so small in this. When Diana comes back to Earth, you should make it feel big. But instead, it's let's tie up the nonsense from that over. I mean, you had, what, 10 issues to do that stuff already. Then you get back this big, giant return. You know, the triumphant return of Wonder Woman. She's like, yeah, I get, I'm going to go see Dead Men who's acting weird with dead bodies and then show him the sword so we can go to Scandinavia. And, yeah, they're talking about it. It's nonsense. And that's where you get Steve Trevor. I wonder why Diana. Also, the idea that Diana somehow seems to think that maybe Steve hasn't heard that she's back. I mean, it's on every bit of news and whatnot. Look, he's uh, got a girlfriend already. No, he's like, she's been back. Not deal with her. that, though, which is weird. Yeah, really. And it's like, oh, man, what's going on? She hasn't called. This is weird. And then you end up having her come down. Yes, I am she. I am Wonder Woman. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know that. Uh, I was beginning to think you were avoiding me. I am Wonder Woman. Grabs him by the throat. And it's just, again, looks pretty much like the Janice evil Wonder Woman. Just a little more of the flesh, maybe. But ends up where Steve freaks out. Shatters and shatters it with a shatters. fucking gun. She shatters. And then he gets on the phone. Angel, are you there? I got to talk to you. There's some real bad shit going down. So as soon as Wonder Woman came back after Etta had that party for him and Steve's making a weird three-minute documentary about his former angel, do you think when he found out that Diana was back and, like, his girlfriend was trying to text message him all night, he immediately broke up with her via text message? Maybe. He he did. He broke up with her and then got back to that seven-hour documentary that he's been working on. Well, you get a funny part. I think it's three minutes long. I I thought this. Remember, though, we were saying that it it took hours. Remember, Edda and him started watching it. It was like 2 a.m. and then the sun was rising by the end of it. But That thing took a couple pages. It didn't last that long. Dr. Psycho, I'm telling you, the time frame was eight uh, hours. But uh, you end up then where Dr. Psycho is like, okay, I got to get things going on. He goes to the secret knock-knock club. And it is funny because he's a little guy And the guy who opens up the, you know, the ideal can't see him because he's down below. He's like, I'm down here, whatever. It's kind of a, a funny little joke. But you end up going where Psycho has paid for something. There is some sort something of... Something inside of a guitar case. Is it an enchanted guitar? Is it a freaking Tommy gun? We don't know. But what happened if it's an enchanted guitar and he's able to then, you know, be led up? I just want to think know. he's going to try to play, you know, Anthony... I can't think of the actor's name now. It's going to bother me. But from the movie Desperado, where he was the hitman with the guns oh, inside yeah. the Antonio guitar case. Antonio Banderas. Thank you. That's yeah. the weird thing. The only play I can see here is that it's something that when we find out what it is, it's going to be so obvious. That it has to be disguised right away by the guy saying, I didn't have the right case, so I used a guitar case. Yeah. All right, I guess. We'll see. But he's like, oh, thanks. And dupes this guy 
This is just mine. Here's a bag. Ass, right? Which is a weird thing because in this thing, when Dr. Cisco goes to this guy, and so, like, you know, like, they're trying to make a transaction here. He's like, you got something tasty for me? Like, you know, and he gives him a bag full of money because I thought he was somehow, this is going to be a weird guy who only accepts, like, you know, weird food for whatever his service is type of thing. But it's just a bag full of money that's actually just paper that, you know, Dr. Psycho is projecting this guy's mind. But when you have later on when Dead Man gets on a plane talking about the idea, hey, is there anything tasty on the menu? It feels weird that they both said something about something tasty, and I have no idea why it bothered me or stuck Maybe out so bad. Maybe it's just a weird term, you know, a weird thing that stuck with you because you thought that this guy was, like, involved in some weird eat. things. He, like, eats endangered animals or something. That's the uh, thing. But- See, I'm looking at it right now because it's actually, like, uh, one page apart from each other. It's like this. I <clears throat> have procured the item you requested. Have you brought me something tasty to eat? And it's just a bag full of money. But when you have... Boston and Diana on the airplane, it's like this. Diana's all like, sometimes there is comfort in letting someone else take control for a moment for the idea that they're going to take a plane instead of doing anything else. But they're like, I hear you. Wonder if they have anything tasty on the menu. Which is One page apart. And and what's weird about it, though, is they're first stuck off. stuck on tasty? Well, first off, what made you? But first off, Diana's like, man, what are you dressing like a vampire? No, I'm dressing like a cadaver. I'm dead. I'm a asshole. dead man. Then he's worried about food, which I don't think is either a dead man thing or a cadaver thing. He's a dead guy. He's not alive. His body doesn't function. And yet he's like, oh, got to get that food, I deuce. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Just imagine here? that's going to be sitting in there in that empty cadaver. Like, I don't even understand, like, how any of that. Why would you eat dead man? It's just going to sit there and rot. Yeah, it's just going to rot like the rest of it. It doesn't make sense. The idea that they think that if, now, if you were in a living person's body possessing them, you could be able to taste that. Who all the stuff that a living person would here, you're just a monstrosity that stinks. He doesn't reanimate. You're a Jim dead. Warner. That's not dead man. That's Jim Warner. You don't need that. You, it, they just this. Sh- it just it, it blatantly <laughs> slaps you in the face that they have no idea what this character is, and he's one of their main characters. And if you sit there and tell me, well, they're elevating him, I'll tell you bullshit. Because this is the idea where the, the opposite of elevation, whatever that is, de-elevation. <laughs> they, they're making him the be-all, end-all of any problem that Diana runs into. I kept saying during the whole last arc where she kept running in, and everybody in these reviews, oh my god, Diana's great. She solved this and that. She didn't solve shit. It was usually dead man out of nowhere. At the one point, she's trying to get the key to the Valkyries. She can't find it. Dead man just shows up. Here it is, hands it to her. Then you end up having the negative space that he gets Jensen. All these things don't make it. Then he dies. He's dead, man, and he dies. Now he's in a dead body. Bullshit. It's just so over the top wrong. And the only thing I could see, I looked up shit trying to see. The only thing I could see is during, you know, Blackest Night that he ended up where he was reanimated. Because he was a brightest day, he was reanimated. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that in one of those, I think that he's. A black lantern, uh-huh. and he is reanimating dead. But he was a black lantern. It had nothing to do with dead man stuff. So it it just is bullshit. And then he, they're just talking, and she looks out the window. He was oh a my white god! Lantern. As he ends up getting, you know, a turkey sandwich. I, he's dead. And then she looks out. Oh goodness gracious! I think there's a lot of Wonder Woman's flying down there. And again, that's the end of the deal. And but then it, you have a banner Migdal backup. Yeah, and I just that main Wonder Woman story is just why are you going so small? 
Why are you still well, that's the thing concerned is, I'm with tying here. into things that you just ended up ending that wasn't great I either. enjoy the art in this, and the thing is, well, if you're going to tie in anything to the last previous arc, tie in the idea that she's now going after Dr. Psycho, who's obviously up to no good, and fucking going to say terrible things about women because, you know, Dr. Psycho do what Dr. Psycho do. But the thing is, when you have all this other stuff and you're doing more about a side quest to bury a sword with a guy from Valhalla while you have freaking a mirror darkly versions of yourself flying through the air and attacking people you love, like, you're not focusing on the right things and you make a dead man look like a schmuck. But thankfully, you have a bad amygdala backup. And that's what we're doing right now. It seems like a DC Comics. We're expanding upon what people know about the about the Wonder Woman titles and the like the Wonder Woman family of books, whether it be Wonder Woman Wonder Woman Evolution coming up, the Wonder Girl book, and even, you know, like uh Hippolyta in the Justice League and stuff and like that. Nubia doing, and Nubia in the, and the Amazons, exactly, which I really enjoyed the it first all issue. It is leading to a big event. That so they in have Nubia announced. in the Amazons first issue, we saw the idea of the Wellis uh, like the Wellis Souls opening back up, bringing new people to Themyscira for new Amazons and stuff like that. And now in this backup of Wonder Woman, we get to see how the Banamigdal tribe get to go and bring in new people into their tribe. But I think it's a cool idea of what we're doing here. I I got bored with this. It's too much like the Nubia and the Amazons, which we just read. Vidaiala also being part of that story. You do get the little slight differences. You get this play, but this could have been told in one page, a, a splash page. You didn't really need it. And then by the end, you finally get to something that looks exciting. And then we'll have to wait till next issue. Because and a big doll tribe end. fighting a manticore. Yeah, and and that seems cool when you have Artemis, if you're an Artemis fan. It's cool to see the different tribes, whatnot. I just thought that this one, after the Nubia one, it's it's a little too similar, even if it is. I mean, you could say, that's just how it is. That's how well, they the do is, it. Well, the thing is, I like but... to see the differences, because it really does seem like we're doing new stuff with the Wonder Woman titles, now that we are in the Infinite Frontier, opening up old continuity with new continuity, showing you what the actual status quo of all these things are. So when you go to Bad Amigdal, they don't have a well of souls and stuff like that. People who have been killed violently do not come back to life on Themyscira. Here you have abused people who are done with man's world and want to come here as an alive person, and they have to prove that they're, they're uh, like, you know, worthy of being allowed into the Bandit Big Doll tribe and that's not hate-filled people. And again, I, I don't know. Just the idea, hey, you got these three ladies who, you know, they had some problems. They were abused. They were hurt. They end up hearing whispers down the lane. They talk about it in shelters and they talk about it in the prisons. All right, well, I'm going to kind of get there to Bandit Big Doll. I go in doing all that and they're like, okay, here's the trial and this one lady ends up where you get a you weapon, have you have to kill, kill each your other. other ones. And I'm Whoever telling lives you, gets to come in. in my mind, if I'm going all that way and I have these big to-dos of this Ben and Migdal, tell me the rules. I'm going with the rules. I think this is bullshit. The idea of, well, I picked the staff because I don't really want to kill him. In my mind, with the Ben and Migdal, well, you get out of here. We need people at least maybe you have the play that the gun is because the gun doesn't seem that bullets or whatever. But you're basically saying, okay, we'll accept her because she doesn't really follow the rules. She doesn't follow direction. Right. She's going to do her own thing. Well, the reason this woman has come is because the promise of acceptance and safety. It's enough that I left my life and traveled here with nothing but the clothes on my back. Now I'll fight tooth and nail for my freedom and to be considered for the tribe, but I won't kill another woman who yeah, wants I think the that same. Is, I think that is such a 
forced Vita Ayala line just saying that that doesn't seem natural to somebody who is going to, you know, scrap their way all the way to Ben and McDowell. Who, who knows what they have to get through and then basically go through well, you the just speech, can't let anybody in. but goes through the speech to the people who actually told her, hey, you got to kill these people. Well, I'm not going to do that. because and I wouldn't it, it kill just, anybody. It felt fake to me. It felt overly just pushing. And then again. What is your name? It's exactly what we just got in Nubia. Well, this and is the, the tribe Amazons. that left the like the mascara, and obviously they're gonna have like they're gonna have the same kind of like you know like uh, traditions and stuff exactly. along those lines. But I don't know that I need a backup for that. I don't well, know I, that I like this could have this. been where when we end up having this big event, this could have been told in two seconds. You could have had the idea of somebody getting the sense. I don't think that this makes me think, oh man, I know Ben and McDowell now. This is cool because no, then we go more from than here. Before. Yeah, I don't think I do. I just know that they accept women that have been abused. I don't really care that one was going to kill somebody else and they didn't accept them. They're just Ben and McDowell. And all I think about is Artemis. Let's get to it. And they get attacked by men, of course. So I, I just think that this is, again, a backup that we don't need. It ends up raising the, the, the price of the book. And I think that this could have even been a backup in that Nubia book or part of it. You could have told that story as like a multi-deal of all the tribes and things. but. We're I like just going to get a backup at this. I just thought it was nothing. I did like the art, but overall, I was like, eh, I really, it, it just felt like a repeat of the Nubia book. And again, maybe it. it's just because of the idea that it's the same person writing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just telling the same story again. Yeah, just I hope with that we find out deal. how they do it in the Amazon, you know, like tribe. Well, we did. Oh, the Amazon. I, I don't think we're going to get anything. The more Wonder of Girl that. book. That Wonder Girl book is so behind on things or what. Again, but, we can't get it in that book. Yara Floor is too busy being delayed, so we got to find it somewhere. Maybe a Wonder Woman backup. Well, I think that this backup is pretty long, so I don't think that we're yeah, going to get know how that. Long that's going so, on. Yeah, I, didn't even I, I forget. It, I think I even saw that it was something. This is where I was shocked that Vida Ayala was doing the story part of the Nubia book with uh stephanie phillips because i thought oh they're just doing this backup but then when we get to both it's the same deal so i don't know it does set everything and at least it gets the name out and you have the whole idea of going to something but with that all of that's going to run through the wonder woman book as well and i don't think that clonan and conrad are doing enough in that one to get me excited for anything with the other well, that's why if right now nubia and deal. the amazons is my wonder woman book well, i know but i'm saying this big events going through the wonder woman book eventually so all that is setting up what's going to happen in that so i don't know it it kind of comes with a thud that it's going to be involved with them as well so i don't overall that backup didn't affect my score at all and i Maybe didn't like really the enjoy more. this uh because I'm at a 6 out of 10 for this. I like the art throughout. But it's just the idea that you end up having, you know, this Wonder Woman book that should feel big now. And it's not selling again, going back to the sales. And this doesn't seem like it's something people are going to need to read. Because she's just kind of meandering about and tying into things that we just got done. Uh, so it's it kind of a letdown. What would you give it? I would give it. I'm said I, I went down after getting mad about how Etta was like kind of ignored by her best friend Diana coming back here because it does seem like Etta might need somebody to talk to at least, and that pissed me off. So I was at a six point five out of ten for how much I like the art and her main story and the backup and the idea of finally doing something tangible with Doctor Psycho, who I think is a great foe for Wonder Woman. I've been wanting to see something with him ever since of. What was it? The, like the middle of Rebirth when we saw Silver Swan remade and Dr. Psycho is how he left that as a cliffhanger. Never did anything with that. He's finally here now and I want to see how that's going to go. It just seems that 
We have to do a bunch of side quest bullshit first to get to him, which pisses me off. But I really do like the Batman Big Dog backup because with the status quo of the universe changing, the multiverse as it is, and the people wanting to do new stuff with Wonder Woman, I want to see all these different aspects of the Wonder Woman family, whether it be Yara Floor, Cassie Sandsmark, Artemis, Hipp- Hippolyta, freaking, you know, Nubia. I want it all in this little, like, while it is very similar, I expect it to be because it's an offshoot of the Themyscarian tribe. I like seeing how they do it here. And the idea that we're going to see Artemis kick a little ass against a manacore. Yeah, yeah, I hope. I hope we see. I hope it gets a little more exciting and all that. Wonder Woman was just mostly nonsense with great art. Yeah. What would you give it then? Oh, 6.3 out of 10 episodes. 6.3 out of 10, I give it a 6. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is I Am Batman number 3. Yeah, my book of the week, it's it's all over the place. I think that my book of the week is actually, I'm going to just give it to I Am Batman. I <laughs> like that story, and I'm, I can. I'm just going to give it to give the, it to Urban Legends. and Tweedledum. <laughs> Urban Legends, there you go. But yeah, so we'll go with that. But next Not week. Just a glass ride? No. I I thought that that was a bit. People seemed to love it. I ended up feeling bad because I tweeted out our Patreon spotlight with that. And some guy's like, oh, my God, this is a classic Just League story that should be on the shelf. And I'm like, "Mm." I said, I I didn't like it as much as most, but eh, everybody can like what they want. But next week, we have a bunch of books, including a book that you want to make love. Sweet love to Eric Aquaman and the Becoming. Number three, he's a child. Don't continuing, stop about that. I'm, I'm just saying the book in general, and I'm saying that we're going to continue the idea of the expanding Black Man of Family. I don't know Batman number one seventeen. That is the last proper issue of Batman in so the Fear State. Fear Omega? State that is the finale of Batman for Tynan. You end up having a post deal with the Omega deal, but that mm. is the bit. So. After this, we get Joshua Williamson and getting Batman once a month, which will be kind of a, a different feel. Batman's secret files the gardener coming oh, in at the last find second. Out about the gardener, huh? At the last second, you're going to come in. Now, one thing I do want to tell you here is after the last cliffhanger, you would expect me to say that we're going to be dealing with the Catwoman's. Nope, that does not come out next week. So we're going to end the event without any sort of idea of what did happen Good. to lead Good. the whole deal with Poison Ivy, you know, to go to see Queen Ivy. But you also have Blue and Gold number four. I hope that that book starts to be a little bit more of something. How many green. issues is that? I think that that might be eight, but okay. I'm not sure. I forget I'm not to. really sure now. Um, but we have Green Lantern number eight. You check it out. I am. Justice League 69, dude. Can't wait for that one. Nightwing number 86, right? Continue some Fear State stuff. Newbie in the Amazons, number two. So we get some a couple books that you really like. So that's cool. I hope uh, that I have to fight for Nubia. Like, what's my book of the week next week? Nubia in the uh, like in the Amazons or Aquaman in the Becoming. I want oh that to be a struggle my. for me. Let's see if it is. Robin's number one. We'll that see is, if we're going to deal with eight that. Issues. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so it's in continuity. It's in continuity. Yeah. yeah. Um, Suicide Seven means Squad. hypertime. Suicide Squad number nine. Get that. Let's see what's going on with I that. We like that. the book, my but freaking, uh, we'll list. I still wish that it wasn't as convoluted of a story, maybe for newer readers to jump on, but uh, that's just me. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number five, the big issue where John comes out as bisexual. And possibly we have to decide and look at it. Wonder Woman evolution number one. So we'll see. With Possibility, that, which, because it is eight issues, which means it is at least, you know, not hyper time. Well, I 
I remember reading something that I even pointed out. Well, at least they spell out in the solicit that it isn't in continuity. Uh, so we'll have to see. But it is a Wonder Woman book. It's not Black Label, so it's no. not sexy time. And I think it has Silver Swan in it. So it might be something that you would enjoy. Eric. I do like Silver you Swan. Will enjoy. But before we those... got back to the second series, this uh, second part of the podcast, so I was looking at little like you know tidbits of Stephanie Phillips, you know, interviewing, talking about it, the idea of the evolution of the character and where they're going to go. Like it is a part of the character as a whole in continuity. Yeah, I, I just I don't I'll know. have to look it up when we're done and and see where I saw that they said. This out-of-continuity story is great for all ages to learn what the character's about. And maybe it was just some article that they got it wrong, but I'll check that out. Two of those books, though, will be on the Patreon spotlight. We are coming up to an annuals week as well. I would say that since you like them, it's going to be Aquaman the Becoming and Nubia and the Amazons is what I'm going to guess. But if I went and we do end up maybe Wonder Woman Evolution, and maybe Blue and Gold? The Gardener. That's usually the secret files kind of get there. It's true. I don't know. I don't know we'll either. see. Justice League 69, dude. I have no idea. We'll see. But with all that, that'll be up to the badasses. They'll get fresh crew. Uh, 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 uh. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope that you end up checking us out. Go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and then go to that Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience. As I was saying, there is an annuals week this month. So at the end of the month, we're going to have that final episode. That'll be Patreon, only another reason to try to jump on there. And that is actually, you get that even if you just have a dollar. A dollar, Eric. Make you holler. It does. That's what the two chains say. But that is it. That is it for the night. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Up to the play, don't run. You can tell when he talks that he's uneducated. Dresses up like a goonie, his look is outdated. Won't wear glasses out even though we can't see. He's a vain SOB, but he's America's sweetheart to me. If he comes to your house, you go broke trying to feed him. Buys toys on eBay, even though we don't need him. Never eats just one burger, always gets two or three. They call him a fat ass, he's America's sweetheart to me. And he might be six five, but he's got nothing else. Oh, and he'll never commit. That's why he never does shit. The dialogue by himself. He talks horror movies, he'll light up a sing When he sings karaoke, he calls it a gig On Eby Lies, voted a fat man's goatee His friends all left him, he's America's sweetheart to me